Hello, and welcome to Maybe It's Spiritual. This podcast is about people, their stories, their experiences, and the things they can't explain. We live in a world where supernatural occurrences happen to people more often than we talk about. And on this show, we're going to explore these paranormal encounters and become a place where people can share what they've gone through without the fear of being told they're crazy. You are not alone. My name is Rafael Gonzalez, and you are listening to Maybe It's Spiritual. Welcome back to Maybe It's Spiritual. Hey, hey. Howdy. Thank you guys for listening and being a part of Maybe It's Spiritual. Um, those of you who are on Spotify or Pod, Apple Podcasts, on podcasts, um, go ahead and hit the five-star button. Leave us a review. We want to hear every thought in your brain. Um, if you ever want to be a guest on Maybe It's Spiritual, we have a Gmail. Maybe it's spiritual at gmail.com. We want to hear your story. We want to tell your story. We're pretty nice. Uh, we have an Instagram, maybe it's spiritual, a TikTok, maybe it's spiritual, and now our newer YouTube. I think I've said that on every intro so far. But um, YouTube, maybe it's spiritual. All of them are maybe it's spiritual. We are on there. So tonight we are welcoming back Adam. Thanks for having me back. Last time you heard him, he left us on a cliffhanger about his apartment. And we are also joined by Matt. What's up? And Margaret's on camera tonight. She is behind the scenes. She's so running Adam, the whole show tonight. What? <laughs> She's running the. She's whole show running tonight. the whole show tonight. <laughs> so, where do you want to start? Just pick up right where we left just off. Just right where we left off. I mean, if uh, if if you're just tuning into this one and did not turn into the previous one, tune into episode one to hear another introduction, a little bit about me. Uh, short version is I am a uh, purveyor of all things interesting and weird and unexplainable, and I've had many uh, unexplainable things happen to me because of that. I love that. Tonight we're going to be talking about cryptids, Bigfoot. Really getting into some cryptid talk just because that's a big... Uh, if you listen to the last episode, we really got into more of like my spiritual experiences and the things I've had go through that. We're going to do a little bit more of that this time because I got some current things going on I want to talk about, and I've actually had some things happen since the last time I was on the show. I'm excited that to I think this. is very interesting. Um, I've been getting texts. We, we've been touching. We've been staying in touch and not just about the show. We touch base. We do what we can. Um, and then we're definitely going to get into some cryptid talk. Love to get into some Bigfoot stuff. And then, like, let's just see where the evening takes us, gentlemen. Yeah. Just don't blow our minds like last time. I mean, my brain hurt for like two days. Straight. Did it really? Yeah, I was like. What did we talk about? Hey, <laughs> like I said, everyone got four college credits. We of did. We really did. Well, I so. mean, and a big part of that, just to like recondense that, is like a lot of that was just an explanation of like where my spirituality comes from and the experiences I've had that have sort of led me into a spiritual life and sort of makes me believe I'm more of a, I'm more susceptible to that kind of stuff. I'm more open to it because of like the things I've done to my brain, but then also the things I've like made myself open to in life. And we appreciated hearing that. And I need to read more books. 
<laughs> You'd be amazed about how many books I don't read. <laughs> just sitting up here with everything and just mulling it over. That's all right. That's all right. So uh, the current thing. Yeah, what's yeah, going on in your it. apartment? All right. So so the place I live at now, um, it's an older building. I can't really say I know any history about the building at all, uh, but unfinished basement, and as we all know from last week's conversation, you know, unfinished limestone, good conductor for things like that. And, you know, anything old just t- kind of... S- tends to have an energy that just kind of like clings you know like if people go through like large emotionally taxing things in their life whether they're good or bad that's where their spirit can linger around a place um whatever this thing is currently in my house right now i don't even know what to necessarily categorize it as because like there's a piece of me that feels like it's not good it kind of feels like when we were talking last time about uh, when I was a kid and I was sure. having like the I was kind of dabbling with the skinwalker stuff and I had like all these experiences that I couldn't understand like, understand and they were really freaking me out and it's sort of like that same primal fear that I'm getting when these things are happening but it's less less like fight or flight response in the sense that like I was a child when those things happened the first time but this time it's more like oh god I've been through something like this before and I can feel it happening again you know um I guess you could, in a way, it's like a trauma response if you wanted to describe it like that, you know, because I definitely believe that interactions with the par- with the paranormal can be traumatic in their own way, whether we don't want to think about it like that or not. Yeah, the fear you know? lingers. The well, fear lingers and you remember it. Well, one of the most specific paranormal things I've ever had happen to me where I can say, like, I saw it with my own eyes, concrete proof outside of the, the one ghost when I was a child. I was staying with a friend and I was over in uh, Great Oaks the little apartments oh, yeah. all the way on the other side of town over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was staying there for a while because um, I was just kind of hopping between couches, didn't really have a place to stay at the moment, and she was an old church friend of mine. And I'm standing, and I can remember, I'm standing in her kitchen, and it's one of those memories that's like etched in your brain, you know? I was making a infused water with cucumber and mint, and I was sitting there like rolling up the mint and like chopping it up. Fancy. Yeah, you know? Like I was in a, fa- I was in like a uh, infused water phase. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I went to I went to a spa and got cucumber water, and I was like, this changes everything. Yeah, was, we've, all, we've all been there. We've all had a fancy water phase. And so I remember I'm sitting there chopping up the mint and the cucumbers, and I look up, and it's kind of like a negative, like a negative film, you know, when you do like the negative exposure on like your iPhone camera, and a little girl runs down the hallway, and it just felt like a weird... Like, it suddenly felt like your body was, like, covered in static electricity. Like, if you were just, like, rubbed your feet on the, you know, you had wool socks on the rug in the winter and you just oh, yeah, rubbed absolutely. your feet like that. It's like it, your whole body feels like that. And I was just like, and she goes, oh, did you see the little girl? Oh, she's seen it too, huh? Oh, I was like, well, Your friend she, said that? Well, she was very in touch spiritually with a lot of stuff. We met at a Christian church, but she was always, like, really more so into, like, she didn't let her Christianity, like, limit her and her belief in, like, ghosts and spiritualism and stuff like that. So yeah. she she more so saw it as, like, an unexplained – it's just something that they don't explain in the Bible, yeah. basically. You know, like, there's things that happen around us that we can't explain. And so she was like, hey, I'm just susceptible to it like a lot of people are. Yeah. You know? Um, but she had told me so many stories about, like, spirits that had attached to her and, like, followed her and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, sometimes spirits just come around me. That's what they do. I don't think she's a bad little girl. Don't know who she is or where she's from, but she just runs down the hallway back and forth all the time. What was she wearing? Uh, you know, I wish I could tell you. It was just one of the, I mean, in my head, I just see, like, a dress, you know, but it's just because, like, I mean, like, picture, like, you're, like, somewhere you just see, like, a kid run past, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, really yeah, quick. yeah. It's a like flash. that, you know. Yeah. But it's like in your mind, you're like, I know that was like a little girl that ran past me, you know. Ugh. 
a lot of people see the little girl, and it's always like a like a Victorian style dress. Well, it's and never anything like modern. Well, and like there's a, something, and there's something to that that almost kind of makes you wonder if that could be like demonic in nature, because a lot of times demons will disguise themselves as children, yeah, to, to get, get you to trust them and to, you know, get you to let your guards down. Absolutely, before, you they, know, and they a lot of times dress in old timey stuff, like the Hat Man, right? You know, and it's like. Do you don't do see that? a ghost in like a Hoobastank t-shirt, no, right? You don't. Like you don't see yeah. you don't see a ghost walking around in the pink booty shorts from Victoria's Secret. You yeah, know? <laughs> on his iPhone. Yeah, you're like, like hoping that happens. You've never seen a hot ghost, you know? Like <laughs> That's true. I've never seen a ghost where I was like, I've never or a ghost photograph where I'm like, those are some hips on that one, you know? Like man, that would be know? effective though. Like, can you imagine like a sexy ghost? Like, how would oh. you handle it? Like, how do you tell people if you saw one of those? You, you don't. Cause you, you're like, you just keep it to yourself. Yeah, people are just like, oh. it's one of those things that comes out at a bar when you've had a yeah. few with your buddy. And you're like, I want to tell you. Well, they're so hot, man. There's this band called Freelance Whales, Mm -hmm. and uh, the the lead singer wrote this album called Weather Veins. It's all based on an affair he had with a ghost. And I've read a lot of stories where people are like, either I had sex with a ghost, or like I'm romantically involved with a ghost, and they like you know communicate with them through cards or Ouija or whatever magic it is they practice, you know, but it's like at the same time you gotta wonder, is that a demonic entity that's attaching the to Patrick that Swayze movie Ghost? <clears throat> that was sexy. Proof right there. Yeah, I would definitely I would definitely lean to it being a demonic entity. Yeah. It's just like it's always Cascade. that same outfit though. You know what I mean? It's just right. always that same just well, always a dress. Maybe because it like catches. I don't know why. Well, it's possible. I don't that, know why. Well, there's there's several theories behind that. There's theories that ghosts are spirits that are existing in another plane of existence at the same time as us. Oh. So, like, what you're seeing as a little Victorian girl is kind of sort of a fuzz in the lines between our reality and theirs. A remnant energy. Right. So that's a really good way to put it, a remnant energy. So you're seeing the energy of the little girl running down the hall in your time because your two realities are suddenly very close enough for that second for those two things to intercept. Amazing. I mean, it's just a thought. Sorry. Yeah. No, it, you're, you're right, though. Like, I, I've heard a lot of people say that. Well, because right there's people who believe that, you know, ghosts are simply uh, spirits or entities that are simply from another dimension or two over that are kind of slipping through ours. Because you have to think about it. Like, I, I pointed out last time, you know, you have to look at realities versus timelines. And if you're crossing them like this, you know, think of, like, if everything that ever happened in this exact spot that we're sitting right now was happening all at once. So, you know, you've got, right. like, the Precambrian times, the dinosaur times, and then, like, all the way into the future till the end of time. But not a yeah. multidimensional right. world. Not, like, Rockford, like, 32 or something like that. Well, so, like, picture, like, all of that mixed with everything happening all at once. And think about any kind of... Already blown minds, folks. <laughs> well, but then, like, think about any type of large structure that we have in our reality, any skyscrapers or anything like that. They have to be so reinforced. Oh, the conductors. And so, well, they have to be so reinforced and grounded because they're so heavy and weightful. Picture the weight of everything. Every reality, every universe, every timeline mushing together. You think there isn't going to be some structural failures somewhere that kind of break and twist and maybe mm. things kind of push together and bleed together a little bit sometimes, you know? I mean, not every shirt that comes out of the factory has perfect stitching on it. Mm. And if I can present you with another interesting idea <laughs> while we're getting You're into doing this it again. Already, He's doing it again. Um, He's doing it again. There's a book I read. Um, are you familiar with an author named Robert Heinlein at all? No. Uh, he wrote a little movie you may have seen called Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wrote the book that that <laughs> is based that. on, but the book is a lot more serious than what the movie ended up being. Um, but he wrote a very terrifying story called uh, The Unpleasant Profession of Jonathan Hogue, which is something my mom was like, hey, you're into scary stuff and you're 10. Why don't you read this? And it 
kind of like I think set me up for a lot of these parameters and beliefs because it's about a man named Jonathan Hogue who hires a private detective to follow him around because he cannot recall what he does at night. Oh. But he wakes up and he has like red gunk under his nails and his doctor won't tell him what it is when he like tested. He's like, it's unknown. We don't know what it is, blah, blah, blah. So he hires this private detective and his wife to follow him around. And the the gist of the story is that um, Jonathan Hogue is like what you could – what could be considered like an eldritch god, like a Lovecraftian being like an elder god. Oh, okay. All right. And he is a what – what he says in terms for us to understand is an art student, and reality is an art project that he has worked on. Why haven't they made this into a movie? Because it's one of those things where I'm like, how would – it would be – it would work so well – as, like, a YouTube short movie, like a 30-minute movie, if they could, like, condense it. But, like, as a full-length movie, I would love to see somebody tackle it because it's such a good story. Um, but so he is, like, an, he calls himself an art student, and our reality is an art project. And, and he's just messing with it always. Well, and so what's happening at night is that he's under the trance of this, like, lost religion, and they pray to this, lar- they just call it the bird. And, like, their, their symbol is to, like, cover their face and go, the bird is cruel oh. whenever the god comes up. And so they have been, like, putting him into a trance during his daytime. And he's, like, so basically, like, this lost project that was kind of like a rough draft of us as, like, a religion by mm-hmm. all these gods and whatever and everything like that. They're trying to con- They're trying to make themselves stronger and control another god, like another being. But then he kind of comes to... And so he kind of just wipes them out of existence. And he's like, oh, that was just a, like, basically like an artist, like erasing, like a sketch with an eraser. He's like, oh, yeah, those guys didn't work out. They were no good. And this guy wrote Starship Troopers? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Well, and it so, sounds Lovecraft. Well, and so he's like, so yeah, so this reality is just one of countless ones. Like, I'm just a student making a project, and there's masters above me, and there's students below me, you know? Goodness. So think about like if, so don't just think about the in in dis, inconceivable weight of all of re- timelines and reality touching. Picture that a good chunk of those are made by amateurs not knowing what they're doing or students or artists trying to make something up. So think about these. This is actually a really good lean into like the cryptid talk. So think about like we gotta get to your apartment story. I know it's just no, like no, once my brain gets no, going. No, you don't. I know. You're going back to the apartment. We're going back to the apartment, and then we'll get into this. But all please right. remember where we just stopped off, because I was on a roll. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So the I've been in the apartment since 2018. It's an older building. You know, the windows leak. It's not, like, so old that the glass looks runny. Sure. But, like, I love old buildings like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've, I did a little dabbling with some darker magic stuff in the house. Oh. And if I can be 100%. Well, because it was more so of a curiosity thing, because I know we talked about. Sure when I was doing like DMT and mushrooms last time on the show. And then when I kind of cooled down from that, it led to this sort of like, well, like what are people experiencing when they're on this? And, you know, like what are like the writings that are coming out of this? Like what are people's like corroborate, you know, corroborated thoughts on this? Absolutely. And so it started leading me down towards like more spiritualism and like, uh, like black magic and Santeria and stuff like that. And, um, you got into Santeria. I, I started dabbling with it. I can't say I ever practiced it, but I was definitely, like, reading into it and, like, you know. That's nothing to mess with. It's – and it, that's kind of why I just kind of stuck to reading about it and Smart. not really looking any deeper into it. Because, I mean, like, I, I actually just did a cleansing ritual in my house last night where I burned some white sage and walked around the house and, you know, spoke intentionally. Because you have to speak to your house. 
Because your house is a place that protects you, it keeps you safe, it keeps your family safe, it keeps your pets safe, it holds your things for you, you know. It's your it's your refuse away from everything else. So I believe it's very important to bless your house and, like, talk positively to your house a lot and, like, thank it for everything that it does for you. So I try to at least, at least once a week take some sage, and I have, like, you know, six different kinds of sages at the house depending on what I'm kind of, what I'm trying to do. And so uh, last night, the most, <laughs> this is one of those things where we're going to start at the end and then go back to the beginning. Um, memento. Just like <laughs> memento. When I was a kid, I looked into the sun. Um, but uh, my girlfriend was over, and uh, she had driven her car. I'd driven my car. And then I was in uh, the garage for a minute talking to one of my neighbors because we both pulled up at the same time. And then I came in the house, and I was using the bathroom. And she texted me, and she goes, somebody's knocking on the door. And I said, weird. I, I didn't hear anything, you know. And at first, my brain goes, oh, it must be my neighbor. Um because we're close, but, like, I don't have, like, her phone number or anything like that. But, like, she knows she can knock on my door if she ever needs anything. And um, I was like, that's not, like, Donna to knock like that. I was like, it's – she would ring the doorbell, you know, or she would be at the front door. Yeah. Because she texted me, and I was like – Do you it? live in an apartment complex just – So it's it? not a complex. It's, like, four units that kind of make, like, a U-shape like this. So, like, okay. there's one, two, three, and I'm in four. Okay. So – I can't say if anything ever happens in any of these three apartments, but like it wouldn't surprise me if something did. Yeah. Just because of how much is happening in this. Apartment oh, I'm sure. Over here. Um, but so I'm th- so I'm like, well, that's not like her. She would ring the doorbell and she would come to the front door. She's never come to the back door of the apartment before, you know. And I came out of the bathroom and my girlfriend looked like freaked out, like she was like kind of on the couch, just like kind of like sitting in the corner of it, and she was like, I heard a knock, but it wasn't a knock. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, you know, that doesn't make sense. You're like, cool. What's that well, mean? And so, like, I mean, I'm sure you guys know as, like, a man, like, your first instinct in that situation is, like, be defensive, be protective. And you, like, you, like, need information to process that. And you're like, what? And so she's like, I heard a knock, but it didn't sound like a knock. And I'm like, what do you mean it didn't sound like a knock? She's like, I heard a knock, but I don't think it was someone knocking on the door. But it was trying to make a sound like it was knocking on the door. Ooh, that's creepy. Oh, that's really creepy. Well, and the first thing my, bra- my brain went to was, like, something's trying to get in. So no one's entry. Well, because that's it. You and I'm. I'm going to say this as a cautionary tale to anybody listening to the show right now. If you are dabbling into the arts, if you are bringing any type of grimoire or text into your home or anything like that, you are pretty much automatically opening yourself up for any type of crazy shit that's going to happen to you. Fair enough. And I say that entirely because I have a copy of the Lesser Key of Solomon in my house. What? Which is a uh, Goetica. It's a grimoire. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. So what you're it familiar is. with it. Oh, very familiar, familiar with this. I'm not. No. So the Lesser Key of Solomon is a collective of uh, basically demons. It's 66 demons. It's a spell book. Oh, it's a spell book. Yeah, I you, learned about this recently. So there's lots of he, he buried them so no one could access them, right? And well, then, it's, it's nothing to do with the actual Solomon. That's a that's a myth. It's a different Solomon. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, it, well, it was just called the Lesser Key of Solomon because like that's just the way the name has been translated as it's been passed down. But basically. It's, uh, it's like a Pokedex for demons is a good way to look at it because basically it has all their sigils. It has all of their, um, like, all the information about it. How the, to summon them. How to summon them and stuff like that. And so that's what I was messing with. Oh, my God. Adam. Yeah, I know, like, right? can't figure out why there's anything weird happening in my house. <laughs> well, and so, well, because what's the best way I can put it? <laughs> I don't know. I want to hear it. I want to hear the best way you could put this. I also want to I want to preface this by I want to say I want anybody listening to this who is 
if anybody's going through something really hard and they don't feel like there's a way out, and I don't mean like suicide, I mean like they're looking towards like they feel very spiritually lost, like something is spiritually affecting them, yeah, and they feel like their current path isn't serving them. I am like this is this is consider this a cautionary tale for that going forward. All right, I love it. So, I mean, I would say now you know I have a very strong belief in God and stuff like that, you know, and that's that's really been more rekindled, I would say, more within the last couple of years, more than anything. And I think a lot of that came from a lot of the fallout of messing with the Lesser Key of Solomon. My because goodness. the way it came into my hands, I didn't buy it. It was given to me. Um, well, actually, it was offered to me because that's, that's how the universe does these kind of things. It doesn't it's yeah, going yeah, it's yeah. gonna, to gonna give you a choice. It's not going to just, like, directly fuck with you and, like, put it in your lap. Like, it's going to give you a choice whether you want to mess with it or not. Yeah. Do you want it? Yes, it has to be invited in. Right. Just like the knock the other night. Okay. You know? And so um, I was at a friend's house, and uh, they had a roommate that was living, staying with them at the time. And uh, he knows that I was, you know, I've always been into the kind of the, the weird and the paranormal and stuff like that. And he comes downstairs, and he doesn't even say anything. He just goes, hey, do you want this? And I was like, what is it? He goes, I just don't want it anymore. And he just gave it to me. And like he, I was like, what is it? He goes, oh, it's just the Lesser Key of Solomon. Oh, it's just. It's just the Lesser Key of Solomon. <laughs> Not a big deal. Like, oh, it's just one of the 14 Gutenberg Bibles I came across at a goodwill, you know? Right. It's fine. <laughs> um, but so I'm like, why do you have this? He was, And um, my friend was like, yeah, apparently he got it. And uh, he was like just kind of interested in it, just like seeing what it was all about because he'd like heard about it. And so like he got a copy of it. And uh, he had had such terrible nightmares ever since bringing it into the house that he just wanted to get rid of it. So he never even used it. He never even used it for anything practical. He just kind of, like, read through it and flipped through it and, like, was having the worst nightmares of his life. I, I believe it. To the point that he wanted to get rid of the book. I mean, it makes sense. Well, And it does make sense. Have we, you seen Hereditary? Yeah. And, well, Pyman Seal is in The yeah, Lesser Key of yeah, Solomon. Yeah, it's literally, like, I listened uh, – sorry, I think I've talked about this before, but, like, he – the the like rituals and all the stuff from oh, no, it. that's it's from the, it's direct like he got it from direct it. from the lesser key of Solomon. Well, and that's what He's piqued like, hey, my let's interest. Let's make a movie. Well, oh, God, Sorry. Um, but that is um, that's kind of what got me into it because I was super into Hereditary when it came out because I remember me and because I've always been into scary movies. Sure. And I remember uh, me and a friend we used to just go to a movie once a week like that was our thing like we'd hang out smoke weed and go to the movies. And so we were like, oh, Hereditary, never heard of this. And then I proceeded to watch the scariest movie I'd seen in, like, a decade, you know? I've never seen it, and I don't want to see it. I, I mean, okay, there's a morbid curiosity. It's it's morbid, and it's terrifying, and if I, like I said, it's probably one of, if not the scariest movie I've seen in the last decade. Jeez. Just going, just going into it blind, not knowing what it's about, and then just watching it, you're just like, wow. As soon as I heard what he used as, like, a reference material, I was like, Really? Well, and f- fun fact about Ari Aster, if I can do a little self-brag for a moment, I dated a girl whose sister was one of his roommates in college. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and that I remember I started dating this girl, and I was like, oh, dude, like Hereditary and Midsummer, Like, I love those movies so much. They're so good. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know Ari. He's a nice guy. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, Ari is my sister's roommate in college, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, no, this can't be true. And then I met her sister, and she's like, oh, yeah, Ari. And, like, called him. I was just like, hey, what's up? And he's like, nothing. How's it going? And she's like, oh, nothing. 
just wanted to say hi, bye. Like, didn't even let me talk to him. You're just like, like, I love you, Buffy. Well, and then uh, he, th- this is one of my, bi- you know how you have, like, th- like little things about breakups that yeah, just always mess sure, with you? Sure, sure. He drew, like, a decapitated head that said hi, Adam, when they were, like, hanging out at a party one time, and I was supposed to get it for a Christmas present, but me and that girl broke up before then, so I never got the drawing. You never got it? Yeah, I had a hand-drawn Ari Aster that I was going to hang up in my house. Oh, man. Well... You got the lesser key of and You probably don't need that too. Yeah, you know, like let's, you know, what's the difference at the end of the day? Because we keep yeah. adding them up. You're like, um, well, but but so he really leans heavily into King Pyman in that movie, who yeah. is a, uh, if anybody's unfamiliar with that particular demon, he is a demon that brings about a lot of like wealth and good fortune, and basically makes you like endlessly rich on Earth, and he looks like a man riding a camel, and he's supposed to have a procession of like hundred something demons and like a large band that comes before him so it's just like this cacophonous noise whenever you hear him come okay like it's that's the way that they describe the stuff in the grimoire like it's all these like very like dramatic tellings and stuff yeah. like that but you have to realize this was like medieval monks communing with demons writing down what these things are and then like you know basi- was, wasn't it written in like the 1500s it's not as old as people make it sound it's not as old as people make it sound but it's old enough to the yeah. point where it's like there was definitely some worldly knowledge that we lost between then and now that these men were able to translate so you got the book in your house. What so I got happened? the book in my house, and, you know, me, at this point, I'm like, anything is everything, and let's just take all kinds of influences, and we're not anything particular. We're just going to mess with everything and see what happens, you know? Nothing can happen. So let's mess with all the good stuff, and let's mess with all the bad stuff and see what happens, you know? Basically, I didn't learn anything from my dad's stories when I was a kid. <laughs> um, um, Check Adam's last episode for that story. Oh, yeah. That, that's the great part about doing a part two is you got to make him go back and listen to the part yeah, one with all the references. Yeah, to listen to this. It's a canon event. It's lore at that yeah. point, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a two-parter. Um, but so th- the I, <laughs> being a genius that I am, decided I was going to do a ritual one night because I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go ahead and see what happens, you know? So I decided who's the one I'm most familiar with? Paimon. So I'm Wonderful. like... So I went... So I, like, took, like wood ash and like drew the sigil on the wall and like drew it on the floor and did like the whole thing and everything like that and like followed the book like to a T and again going forward this is all a warning like this is like this is not me endorsing any of this behavior any of this at all this is me saying like don't do this stuff yeah um they say that you know a lot of times you know when people talk about the voice of God people automatically think like oh it's a voice that you hear in your head but no it's more of like a a movement that you feel within yourself like it's suddenly a thought that comes in it's a feeling it's an overwhelming feeling that you get that you can't deny a quiet whisper speaking to demons is very similar because you have to realize these are two extremes that are working in the same plane so it's more something that you like feel and sense and kind of like absorb and interpret more so than it is something that where it's like it's just a voice you know you're not going to summon a demon and then it's going to be like this and like talking it into your ear or something like that you know it's gonna yeah now there's people who have said that like you know they've um you know communed with a specific demon so many times and like you know done dmt to get there that like they've been able to actually like visualize the same entity over and over again and so you know that's it's very real stuff, you know, like horror movies and Hollywood and, and stuff like this, you know, it kind of glamorizes it a little bit, but like 
it's very real, very evil, very scary stuff. Yeah. No, and I, you I, immediately I start to, <clears throat> to see the ramifications from it once you dip your toes into the water. Because immediately once you call something in, you have to do a binding ceremony for it. And they always talk about that in movies, how you don't say goodbye on the Ouija board and bad stuff happens. It's a billion percent true. And even with a strong binding ceremony, if, you're not, if your will is not strong enough against the demon's will, then guess what? It's already here and it's going to do whatever it wants. So... The first sign that I knew something was wrong was when, uh, I don't know what it was. I looked it up, and I don't know if it was, like, what the exact bug was, but it was, a, it was like a black hornet this big, and it was just dead in my basement. A dead hornet? A huge dead hornet in the middle okay. of winter. Okay. Because uh, since my basement isn't finished, uh, me and my brother were playing some drinking games down there, and uh, I went to move, and I went to move something kind of around the area where I'd done the ritual downstairs, and there was just like this, I, I, like I shit you not, like the size of my finger to my thumb right there, just a huge black hornet, just dead laying on the floor, like wing, like wing, like that thing would have had to be like, yeah. like you would have heard it, you know, a hummingbird, like essentially, like you would have had to hear it in your house and stuff like that. And me and my brother are like, what the fuck? And so, like, you know, there's actually an app you can download where you can scan a picture of a bug and it'll, like, search the Internet to, like, try yeah. to find what the bug is. And this is some kind of bug that's from, like, Arkansas. Like, it's just like a wow. wasp that only comes around in the summer and it's like a mud dauber kind of thing. Like, it, like, thrives in the mud. And it's just, like, a super, like, it sucks when it stings you. It's one of those things that hurts for, like, hours and hours on end and stuff like that. And it's, there's just a, a huge single dead one in my basement after that. And so I'm so I start looking into this and there's a lot to be said with the animal world and the spiritual world okay. that are closer tied together. And a lot of times if you have I mean, you see it with dogs and cats, if you have erratic spiritual activity, the animals react to it more so than humans can. And it's believed it's because either they can see things that we don't understand, like either like just straight visually or they just have a closer touch to the spiritual world than we do. Um and so animals are very easily manipulated by spirits as well. Um, and one of the things that a lot of spirits will do to, um, like, mock you in a way is kind of, like, do, like, little things that, like, we talked about how, like, you know, when the demon talks to you, like, or the spirit talks to you, like, it's it's more of, like, a thought or, like, an inference that suddenly comes yeah. in. Yeah, no, I've, and I've, so I've like, heard a few demon voices in my day, Well, and so, like, I suddenly see this bug and, like, my brain is just automatically, like that's from Pyman. I was like, this is from something. I was like, this is directly because of what I was doing down here in the basement. Because how else do you explain a bug out of season in my basement in the wrong part of the country? Right. Well, and it's like, you've, I've, I've heard stories of people that suddenly mess with this stuff and there are just, there's just ants everywhere. There's ants at their work. There's ants at their home. There's ants in their bed. There's just ants everywhere. There's crickets, there's grasshoppers, there's frogs in the yard. There's mice, there's rats. There's a lot of these, like what you would consider like plague animals or like pestilence animals that are very easily controlled because a lot of demons work in legions. They work in groups. They work yeah. in sex. So I think it's very easy for them in this because re- they're still bound by the laws of this reality. Yeah. And so I think that it's very easy for them to manipulate what we would consider like a lesser being, like a hive mind. Sure. Being, no, I actually, you know? I know exactly what you're about. I had an experience mm-hmm. like that, but with earwigs. Right. And so it's like. They're disgusting. They're horribly disgusting. I know somebody who has a weird affinity for earwigs because he oh. worked in like food safety for years and he had to like learn about them all the time. He's like, they're actually very good parents. I'm like, I don't care. They're disgusting and I yeah. don't want them around me. 
I got bit by one once. It was horrible. Yeah, they don't feel good. No. And like, just, anyway. uh, yeah, let's get off earwigs. That could be yeah. a whole show. That could be a whole show, just earwigs. <laughs> just talking about bugs and creepy crawlies. Um, and honestly, the last couple years of my life after I started messing with that stuff and have the book in my home were not good because I went through like a really horrible like breakup that like shattered me. I broke my pelvis. I had a heart transplant. Like my heart failed. Oh my gosh. You know? So it's like, there's definitely a correlation between like bringing this book into my home, messing with some of the things that are inside of it. And then suddenly I have like the worst three years of my life. For the record, it's still in your house. It is still in my house, but um, I was actually looking at it today because I was like, I want to bring this up on the show, and I didn't even open it because there was something. Because like you know, I've kind of like me and me and God have kind of got a better connection yeah. now these days than we did back then, and like there was just something in my spirit that was like, don't open that book again. Like mm-hmm. it's closed, it's been on the bookshelf. Do not open that. Because yeah. there was a piece of me because like and. Like, this is how this stuff works. Because, like, I was, because, like, I grabbed this Bigfoot pamphlet we're going to get into here in a little bit, and it was on the same shelf. And my brain went, Oh, why don't you bring it to the show? Show it off. And I was like, Wait a minute, bring it here and open it. I was like, No, that is like such a terrible, disrespectful, horrible idea to just do to anybody, you know? Yeah. Because then I realized, because then I remember what I said, you know, how I got the book and it was given to me and it had to be a choice and stuff like that. And the last we thing. We appreciate you not bringing it. Well, Thank the you last for thing, not bringing it. Well, the last thing I would want to do is expose you guys to anything like that just because it's like you guys Thank are what. You. you guys are what's considered like innocent bystanders in that situation, you know? If something's using, if something is, you know, using me as a conduit or using me as like an energy source or something like that. And then I give it a platform around you guys, you know, that's opening you guys up to that. And I'm not going to put your guys's spiritual health at safety. Thank you. You know, <laughs> we, we appreciate that. We, we probably put our spiritual health at risk. <laughs> anyway, anyway, well, the, you guys don't need a little push to the edge anymore from, no, me, we don't. We, d- we do it just fine on our own. So the thing in my house right now is really something that. Um, What's the knocking? We never got to the knocking. Oh, the knocking. The cliffhanger, dude. It's I'm the, I'm in like. What's the well, knocking? there was nobody there, and then I went to Donna's and I was like, "Hey, did you knock on my door?" And she was like, "No." Was it like below? Was it above? She said, "Was it, it where ju- the book was?" She said, "It just sounded like it was coming from the back door area." So like she was in the living room, and then like here's the back door. So there's like a kitchen to get through there, and like a little hallway area. But she's like, it sounded like a knock, but it sounded like some something was knocking that didn't know how to knock. But, like, Ugh. it knew what, like, a knock was because, like, you know. That's so horrible. Well, so, like, think about, like, if you were to, like, just, you know, like, what you go to knock? You know, you just go, like. Yeah. To, like, knock. But, like, she said it just. I have different knocks. I have a few different ones. Yeah, you know, you got to give him the old shave and a haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bits, I've done know? that one before. <laughs> um, give him the eye of the tiger. The da, 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 da. Sometimes I just go with the straight up police knock. The bum, 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 bum. Oh, that one's so scary. I, I hate know. that one. Don't ever come to my house. No. Um, I do a two knock. I'm a two knock guy. Oh, real? Just yep. What like, about you? What do you do? I think I'm a three knock guy. Just real. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's it's not personal. It's not business. It's just your standard knock. The yeah. third knock is me opening the door. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's usually like one of my kids. I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> that's the, that's that dad knock. That's a dad knock. That's I dad knock. I have a dad yeah. knock. That's a dad knock. Um, yeah, dad knock is definitely always two, isn't it's it? It's two, and then you just come in. Then you, open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you don't wait for anyone to say anything or like. No, you yeah. don't give them that point. No, you just like to get you're waiting together. You, you find something. Yeah. Um, but she said it just kind of sounded like I didn't hear it, so this is just kind of like how I interpreted what she heard. She's like, it just sounded like slightly off a beat, so like where somebody might be like, it was like. But she said, but like, there's also been some noises kind of happening around the apartment that 
are also kind of like that where it's like you can I hear them coming from an area but I can't pinpoint where the area is um tell us some stories so when I texted you these, yeah these, what was going on with that? these are all the most recent ones um so I was sitting at home and uh so the way my my AC unit was out for a little bit so I had like my mattress in the living room and I was just kind of like camping out there because I had the window unit in you know yeah and uh so like here's here's like me here's my setup and then like uh here's like the front window and i have like these two window hangers for my cats to sit in um and from the window i hear this music and it's it sounded like it was like right next to the house and like it sounds kind of goofy but the way i'm gonna describe it is kind of like ice cream truck music like that kind of like do 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 oh my gosh but like picture just like a really loud like two seconds of it just like do 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 and then uh, my cat that was in the window hopped down, and she's she's not as vocal as the other one, but she can be. And she was like, "Wah, wah," and like literally, and she's not like a lap cat, like she can be, but she's yeah. not like a super lap cat. Literally came over, sat right next to me, and she does this thing, and has done this thing ever since I got her back in September, where she'll just be sitting out in the living room, and then she's just like staring at the ceiling, but then follows something with her head. Oh. And so it's, but the other cat doesn't do it, and it freaks me out because I'm like, "What are you seeing that like you don't want to know?" Like I, I want to know. Man, maybe you do. Well, because, and and maybe this is just me and my belief system. You know, like I'm I'm the man of the house. Like it's my house. It's not anything that can come in there's house. It's my house. You know, that's why I do like the cleansing rituals and like speak to the house and stuff like that because it's like. I'm not, nothing's going to come in here and bully me. You know, like, if you want to come in here and, like, hang around and, like, be spooky or something like that, like, that's fine. But, like, you're not going to rule me. You're not going to rule my life. You don't rule this home. Yeah. You know? And so uh, the cat hopped down, and then, like, behind, (laughs) this is the part that got me because, like, and I swear, son of a bitch, I think some of this stuff might be because I was on the show last time talking about it. Um, I did have nightmares that night. Did you really? I did. Uh, But, like, I think it was, like, I think... Like, whatever's in the house knew I was, like, talking about the spiritual stuff with you guys. And yeah. it's like, okay, let's have some fun now. Um, <laughs> because the music happened. The cat came over by me. And then from behind me, it just sounded like a weird low laugh. Like, it was just kind of like – or, like, if it was a laugh, it was something imitating a laugh. Because, like, I'm going to try to – like, I'm trying to figure out how, like, how like it sounds. skinwalker laugh? Uh, you know what? We can maybe call it that. But, like, picture, like, if you were to, like, drag, like, that can across, like, like the bare counter, and it's like that. <laughs> like, it was like that. But, like, it didn't sound like a scraping, but it sounded like something going, like. And so, like, so like here's me. I got to quit. Here's me. Here, I know. I'm getting chills talking about it. I was there. <laughs> it was real was, to me. I was there. <laughs> it was real to me, damn it. Um, but so, like, I'm sitting here holding my cat, and then it's, like, here. Like, if I could place it, it's, like, right behind me, and it's just. And, like, I suddenly had that, like, I'm going to turn around and swing on whatever this thing is. Yeah. But I was like, how am I going to turn around and swing around when the only thing behind me is a coffee table right up next to a wall? Like, there's not something there. Yeah. Like, and, uh, like, I literally, I texted you about it yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah. In- because I was like, this, I was like, because my brain was like, oh, text my girlfriend about this. Ah, she's not going to get it. I'm going to text. I'm going to text my buddy Raph. <laughs> and then you didn't respond right away. So I called her and I was like, honey, there's some weird shit. I'm sorry. I'm right sorry. Now. I did. I did see it, though. Buddy, Ed is not on you. But, like, I, in that moment, I was like, I got to talk to a human being right now. And I called her and she's like, what was it? And I'm like, and I, I was like, hi, something weird's happening. And she goes, what happened? I 
go, ah, actually, I don't want to tell you. It's just going to freak you out. And then I just, like, hung up the phone because, like. Hung up on like. Well, because, like, if, if I tell her that stuff, she, like, thinks about it way too much. Oh, and yeah. Then she, like, thinks about it when yeah. she's there. And I'm like, well, that's how. My wife's gonna, like that, too. That's how you make an act up is when you think about it when you're there. You know, you got Because, yeah. like, the best way to, like, if you're, if anybody's experiencing this kind of stuff in their life, the best thing to do is just either, like, have fun with it or, like, ignore it. And then, like, if it is trying to scare you or, like, affect you like that, it's going to go away. Because the biggest thing you got to remember about this stuff is, like, so me, like, I'm delving really deep into the dark arts. Like, I'm basically asking for it. But, like, if you got stuff in your house that's, like, scaring you or, like, freaking you out and stuff like that, you basically just got to be like, look, it's my house. Like, you can come hang out here, like, if you're cool. But, like, if you're going to, like, be an asshole, you have to leave, you know? And I say it just like that all the time. Like, I talk, I'm, I don't, like, command this great authority over my house. But I'm just like, look, if you're, coo- if you're here, you can be cool. You can hang out, like... I don't know, like, what I attract about things. I don't know if they just need a rest station for a while to come hang out. And sometimes they're weird and I don't understand them. But I'm like, if you're good, you can stay. If you're bad, you got to go. And that's the rule in my house, you know. (laughs) So that's what makes me wonder sometimes if, like, the thing that I'm dealing with isn't necessarily bad. But the way it's trying to communicate with me is flawed. That's interesting. So do you, okay, so the question I would ask is you think it's one particular thing? I believe it's one thing, yes, just based on the experiences that I've had because the big, the big uh, selling point to the story is that the story can be corroborated by myself and two other people. Uh, we've all had a very similar experience with, the, let's just call it the, the being or it. Um, Wait, is this the, the red and yellow? This is the red and yellow. Oh, I'm waiting to get to this. Yeah, so this is the red and yellow thing. So um, what sets this thing apart uh, the main characteristics of this thing is it can change size, and it's red and yellow, like McDonald's red and yellow, like that, like this, that real bright, hard primary color, you know. Um, but wait, this I've, is something you've seen. This is in my house right now. Oh, okay. Like I could take you there, and it's there right now. I mean, like I can't show it off like a dog, but like it's there, you know. Um, <laughs> you're like, hey, I have guests. Come on. Hey, I have guests. Come on, do something. Peek oh, now you're gonna be shy. Peek you know, around the corner, <laughs> push something off. Come on. Come, come on, do your dance for everybody. Show the guys your new TikTok dance. Show them. Um, <laughs> show them you know how to do the zipper thing. Um, the floss. See, that's how old I am. Oh I don't even God. know what the kids call them anymore. <laughs> do the renegade for the kids. Do the renegade. <laughs> do the MC Hammer. Do the Hammer Pants. Um, but so uh, so two two other people can corroborate this for me. Uh, one is my is a very close female friend of mine, um, and uh, there was a night that we stayed. O- uh, she stayed over at my house because we had. Uh, you know me, uh, taking magic mushrooms way too late at night, and uh, like she was getting tired, and you don't want to fall asleep on those. It's not a good time. Um, and so she stayed in my guest bedroom, and she had her laptop with her, so she's just trying to like get Netflix up to like start a movie. And she said she's watching a movie, um, but then the whole time over the laptop, she kind of sees like this little thing peeking up over it, but like she only sees it out of her peripheral. And so it's like picture like uh, like if you're like if I'm like looking at your can right there. Like, it's kind of, like, peeking up, like, it would be, like, peeking around the side of the orange water bottle there, where I'm, like, not focused on it. But when you focused, it goes away. So it's one of these things that you just kind of catch out of the corner of your eye. You never really, like, see it head on, you know. And that's kind of the thing about this stuff. You very rarely see it, like, in front of your face, like, as plain as you and me are. I don't think you you can. Well, and it's because it's not meant, you're not meant to. Like, you're not meant to have the eyes to see it in this reality. Sure, Yeah, 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 yeah. And so... You know, I'm just catching glimpses of it, and uh, and so she's like, and at first I just thought it was the mushrooms, and she's like, but then, like, I started feeling better, but then I started seeing it, like, in the closet. And, like, it was just kind of like every time, like, I'd, like, she said, like, every time she'd, like, shift on the bed, she'd, like, just kind of see it out of the corner of her eyes, like, just kind of, like, checking things out. Does it have, like, a form or a figure? That's the thing. It's different for everybody. 
because the way she described it, it was like very small, and it just she kind of sensed like like swirling red and yellow colors, or like they were kind of like shifting, like it'd be like red and then like yellow and like red and then like yellow, and then um, like she you know she'd like look and then it's gone, you know. I've never heard of anything like this, like taking on a color like that. Tell me about it. <laughs> like it's always like a dark shadow or like right, it's, something like it's that. It's very interesting. It is interesting seeing the colors around it. Um, and then when I experienced, I was, um, it, I was about a month out from my, uh, the heart transplant in the hospital. So I was home for about like maybe a month at that point. And, uh, my best friend, I called my brother, um, I brought over some pizzas and like, you know, we were just, ha- I was, we were just having pizza in my room talking, yeah. had my little table set up and I'm looking at the door frame and it's probably about as far away as that door frame is right there. Um, and there, and I keep seeing something that's maybe like three and a half, four feet tall. And it's just like. Like darting back and forth, really peeking fast. around, like peeking around, like just checking things out. Dude, you know? I hate that. Well, and if I can be honest with you, I hate it. But that's what makes me think it's not bad necessarily, because it's not really doing anything malicious. It seems like it's just kind of observing, like it's just interested in things. Oh, like you a know? watcher. Well, and peeping think about time. Well, time. A, a, maybe a, a little hat man in training, you know, but maybe <laughs> yeah. like maybe like a, a neutral hat man, baby hat man. Well, because like, <laughs> just peek around the corner and you're not ready for the hat. Oh, you mean my friend, <laughs> big baby hat man over here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're not ready for the hat. You're not ready for you're not ready for little baby hat man. You get red and yellow. See what you can do with that. Um, But it just kind of kept peeking. And like he eventually saw it on my face. He's like, what do you keep looking at? And I was like, I was like, brother, I don't know how to describe this to you, but like there is like something looking at me from behind the door frame and he's like okay what's it look like because like we we just like we're always on that level with each other yeah, like he's yeah, not gonna yeah. be like what the fuck he's like okay so what are you seeing and i'm like it is like this it's going like this and like it just keeps looking like it just keeps looking at me you're not on mushrooms this time not not this time because <laughs> well, I mean, no, 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 a lot I of people know, listening will be like there's it's a mushroom. Yeah, there. no, that's a lot of yeah. A lot well, of people and so that well, and so that's kind of what peaked. Well, and what's interesting is I didn't find out about my female friend's recollection until I told her about me seeing it this time. So I didn't know she had seen it that time. She stayed in my bedroom because she had just thought it was an effect of the mushroom trip until I brought it up to her like probably a year or so after it happened. And I was like, yeah, I saw this thing, and she was like, and like she just got like white as a sheet, and she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, and it was like peeking around the bedroom and stuff like that. And then she told me what I just told you. That's that's the worst when someone like corroborates. Well, it's like this. What's like the story I told earlier about my friend with the little girl? And she's like, oh, you saw the little girl. It's like one of those things where you're just instantly like, oh god. So what I saw wasn't like yeah. a fever dream or like a figment of my imagination, you know? Yeah. Um. That's what gets. Yeah, that's like the moment, man. That is the moment when someone. Mm. Well, and so then, uh, my brother was staying with me for a little bit over this past summer. Um last year around this time and he uh he kind of had his own setup in the room he had like a mini fridge and stuff like that um but i think part of this is that he had a lot of electricity going in the room um because then he kind of had like a just kind of like a makeshift bed on the floor like yeah. a, like a cot bed i guess you could say and he said out of the closet in that room he kept seeing like a light flashing but the lights were yellow and red <laughs> Hmm. And he's really? and he's like and he's like I don't know another way to tell you this. He's like I just kind of like felt something in there. He's like and I can't even say. Wait, like, where were they flashing from? The closet. Oh my gosh. 
Well, and so he's and so he's like, and I don't know if it was like my stuff I have plugged in in there because he has like a power strip in there. He's like, but I feel like if there was like sparks coming out of the power strip, that would be like a more like louder, and there would be like a smell with that, you know? Right, right, right. And he's like, it was just lights flashing from like the lower half of the room in my closet, and he's like, and then he's like, and then later, um, he said that several times while he was like doing his schoolwork and on his laptop and stuff like that, he just sees something like a little red and yellow like fly across the ceiling really quick it's kind of like dart and like zoom around really fast on earth well and it's like i'm kind of glad to have a platform to talk about this because i'm kind of like you like i have no idea what this thing could be i've never i've not like i'm an expert but like well it's like that's why i'm interested we've to heard see. a story or two and like i have not heard anything. send us a message if you know what this thing is if yeah. or if you have any inference to what this thing could be because it's like like i said i what does red and yellow represent well, see, and I looked into it, but but they're like good representations. Caution of and stop. No, <laughs> one of <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that was good. That's how I know you're, you got the dad knocking the dad jokes. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm a dad. I was gonna say, what's the third? We got to get you like the New Balances with the <laughs> jean shorts. <laughs> okay, I'm not at that level yet. We're, we're that's the next one. It's it's gonna hit you before you realize it. And then you're gonna look. You're gonna be doing a knock on the door as you're doing a joke in your New Balances. In my that, New Balances. And that's when it's gonna hit <laughs> you. With the grass stains on them. Oh, not the grass stains. <laughs> my <laughs> wife just got those. My wife just got those off Zaps.com. <laughs> um, but no, so like, <laughs> sorry. No, I um, stupid New Balances. Oh God. Um, That's a podcast topic in itself. I would say let's just let's all start a new podcast just about shoes. Let's talk about shoes, guys. Shoes. Um, the new balance, the new balance, like three fifty or something. The new balance sponsored podcast. That's what they're called, right? The three fifty. Is that what the model is? There's lots of model numbers. I was gonna. There's lots of model numbers. This is what we need to show. There's lots of models, lots of different ones. but that's why, like, it's it's so interesting because it's like I, I, I was messing with the Lesser Key of Solomon. This thing starts getting really prominently heavy in my house. But then, in a way, it almost reminds me of what I went through as a kid because it's like there's all these things happening to me that really scared me. Yeah. But it wasn't like I don't – it didn't always feel malicious. Like, sometimes I get this feeling that, like, something or some things, possibly the things I saw when I was on DMT or a connection to there or the things I saw when I had that mushroom trip in the hot tub – that it's like maybe something is trying to communicate with me, but the way it communicates isn't accepted well in this plane. Or the way it communicates, it just can't in this plane. And the way it's doing things is just coming across as very frightening and scary to me because I don't understand what it is. And it's just doing these weird things. But it, so like, like picture like you're making a phone call and it's really staticky and only like 2% of your words are getting through. So your friends are just here like, yeah. Ah. It, so what if like these weird things that are happening to me are just those little blips of conversation? So this thing's trying to tell me something. It's trying to be around me. It's trying to do something. But the way it's coming across is ineffective. Because how many times do we in our personal lives find ourselves being ineffective communicators, trying to communicate a larger idea or something to people that don't communicate the same way that we do? Oh, yeah. That's like speaking two different languages. Right. So and I mean, like, think about the things we deal with in our reality, just with like different cultures and different languages. And not just that. Look at the United States of America, how many different dialects and inflections and ways of talking that we have that like you can go to like, you know, rural Appalachia and you can not understand how some people are talking. And it's right, literally absolutely. hundreds of miles from your front door. You know, so like what what what's to say that there isn't like, you know, beings that are greater than us, like spiritually, like these, you know, artists that are working on these reality projects and stuff like that. And maybe sometimes when we get these, you know, these visions, these dreams, these 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 supernatural experiences, stuff like that. What if it's just something that's trying to communicate with us, but doesn't have the tools to do so? For me 
personally, I would not want to communicate with it. To me, why I, is that? Why would I do that? Because I think that if you were getting a message from something good, like if it was from God, mm-hmm. and He would present Himself clearly, and there would be no mystery to it. There would be no trouble, ex- like saying saying what needs to be said. Mm-hmm. To me. Just in some of the like the stories I've heard and people personally, I think that some of this stuff wants to come in innocently to get a better hold on you to trust it. Because I mean, if God wants to communicate with you, He communicates with you. Right. You know, there's no you know like if an angel would show up, it would be like, hey, don't be afraid. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm something fearfully fearful to look at. Right. So don't be afraid. I'm here to like tell you something good. I feel like with God, it's clear, and I feel with like. Sorry, I'm going to use a Christian word here. The enemy. No, please. You know, Satan, devil, whoever. But, like, I would say that it would be trying trying to, like, ease its way in to get you to trust that it's something not malevolent. Okay. And then once it's got a hold, then it would show you. And just because of, I mean, especially with what you have in your house, especially mm-hmm. with some of the things you've dabbled with. Yeah. Like, because it takes a long time to figure that out. And I, I definitely see where you're coming from, and I I agree to an extent. Yeah, I'll say because no, some a lot of people say the same thing you do, right? And, and they never have totally like something that happens to them. Mm-hmm. So like, I think mine has a lot to do with like how I grew up, how I was raised, like my mom, '90s Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, like just very, oh, yeah. you know, just like this shouldn't be here. If God wants to tell you something, He will make it clear, um, and it won't be like hard to understand i mean to an extent to an extent well yeah I mean, of like, course everything that god's not extent, just gonna be like you know? raf adam do this right you know? yeah like, like we said it, it's not like a direct no voice. it's not like that it's like something you kind of feel but you have to be able to test the spirits to know what it is and i would say with some of the stuff that's happening and in there i'd be very leery well in that instance i suppose i could challenge the idea of what what about when christians talk about like gifts of the spirits and communication and stuff like that you know like holy visions and everything like that i know? get i get ner- like there is nothing that makes me more nervous as a christian when someone says god told me this for you well it's the nothing, same no yeah nothing that makes me so makes nervous makes me no more nervous than that i'm just like oh really? why isn't he telling me right yeah you're like i i'm praying i'm reading i'm here well, and there's two there's two it. schools of thought to that. You know, is God using that person as a conduit because they're using that person as a conduit in your life as something that you will listen to? Right. Because maybe God has tried to show you a bunch of different ways before, and you've been too hard. Yeah, and not the repetition. Listen. Well, and that's what it's going to be eventually. Repetition is going to beat you into the ground. If, well, yeah, until you figure it out. You I know? just said this to my wife this morning. Like, there's a, I think his name is Jack Frost, like a like a Christian writer, mm-hmm. and he says that repetition is God's red pen. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. See, but then we can go, we you know, we can go down both avenues with that because it's like, you know, then what is with the repetition of this thing trying to communicate with me? Exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, know? you have to be able to, like, test to know what it is and, like, really be, like, in a good headspace to know. Well, and I think a big, I think a strong part of that comes with, you know, being steadfast in your faith, mm-hmm. you know, having a very concrete, solid faith. And I think another part of it comes with the, I think for me personally, and this is just me, 
I think a lot of it comes with, you know, the authority that I take in my home and the authority that I take as a person, you know, right. because, you know, I, I, you know, I don't claim that anything can touch my body or take my body, you know, I don't, sure. I don't claim that anything can touch or take my spirit, you know, yeah. but that doesn't mean that things aren't still going to be around me. It doesn't, you oh, know, it doesn't yeah. mean that it's I'm not always like, going to be around. Well, like you. you said, you know, I could be like a beacon or a conduit or something like yeah. that. So like these things are always going to be around, but I think it definitely, you have to, you have to take a very hard stance on your belief system on, and what you will and won't allow, you know? Yeah. So like I can deal with like all the freaky shit whatever wants to throw at me you know sure. but like it's not going to affect me spiritually unless I let it you know true unless you get like that fear once the fear creeps in cause like I'm kind of like similar to you like mm -hmm. I've seen some shit yeah and like it doesn't most things don't bother me you know well, what I mean well, see, but I like, say I always follow the, ad the adium that fear is the mind killer it know? is cause once that fear sets in then it takes form cause if you notice that right. it doesn't start taking form until mm -hmm. you start to like it does something to like get you off guard or get you freaked out. Well, and you have to catch yourself in those moments of yeah, fear and you because have to, you have to like. Yeah, you have to really. I mean, for lack of a better term, you got to tighten your nuts up, and you really just gotta like, you know, take a stance and. Well, because <laughs> yeah, no, like, you do. You do. You gotta like, you know, you gotta like hoist yourself up, and you gotta be like, no, like, yeah, this is freaking me out. Get like, out of here. Like, get out of here. Like this, you like, you don't have power over me. Like, you do not like command anything here. You know, like you gotta, you know, Christians will call it speaking the name of the Lord over things. You know, some people will just call it like claiming their you know spiritual authority. But it's like you in those moments of fear, you have to catch yourself and be like, no, fuck you. <laughs> like, you know, you, yeah. you you can't do this here. You know, yeah, you have no authority here in Asian culture when they um, and a lot of Asian cultures, when they do spiritual hunting and ghost hunting and stuff like that, they believe that when a spirit shows up, you have to swear at it as much as possible and scream at it and talk down to it to get it to like unmanifest and go away. Just verbally abuse it. Yeah, so like you watch a, watch a lot of these like Japanese ghost hunting videos and they're like, you fucking cocksucker, fuck you, you piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and man. they're like chasing after these ghosts and screaming it because like in their culture they believe that that's how like, like if you let the ghost know that you're afraid, yeah. then that's how it manifests and it has more control over your life. But if you're like talking down to it and swearing at it and stuff like that, it like diminishes its power because you're basically saying like, I'm bigger, tougher, stronger, and louder than you. But then on the flip side of that, you've got, like, the demonic possessions, and that's what people start doing is they start cussing out right. whoever's praying over them. You know, like, they're doing an exorcism, which I do not recommend. No, I like, you know never what I mean? recommend Reco that. I feel like exorcisms are terrible. Well, especially people, like, and, you know, it happens with everything else. You know, these kids see these exorcism movies, and then they start dabbling with Ouija boards, and they start getting into yeah. heavier stuff. And then they, they're like, oh, let's do a channeling. And then, like, you know, somebody gets possessed, and then they got to deal with the real ramifications from that. Right. You know? And if you've ever seen some – I don't know if you've ever seen anyone who's possessed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I as well. It's um. It's the weirdest thing you've ever seen because it's so not like it's not like the movie. Weird doesn't even begin to put it in the terms. It's so dude. like it's, it's almost like, like slow motion. It's it's one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things where there is so much happening, and it's like I believe in that moment the spirit is manipulating time, and it's manipulating your yeah, perception. Yeah, time slows you. down, and it's like almost like you're seeing it like in a vision. It, like it's like you're you're almost watching the event happen outside of your own correct. body. Correct. Yes, you know? it is. It is. Well, and that's where unnerving. I, well, and that's where I believe like this strong, steadfast stance has to come yeah, from because exactly. it's like in those moments that's when you're at your most spiritually vulnerable. Yeah. And so if you don't like have the comeuppance to have like your both your feet on the ground and a hard right. stance in those situations, that's when that stuff is going to take advantage of you. Absolutely. I've got chills in my whole arm. I know, I'm just man. Like, pure chills right now. <laughs> I, 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 my favorite thing about being on this show is when I say something and I see everybody do the same reaction. <laughs> we're all like, just oh. rubbing our arms and like, yeah. we're gonna have nightmares tonight, guys. <laughs> Margaret, seeing your face when I did the laugh thing, that was that was precious. That was yeah. great. Um. Ugh. So yeah, I guess to like yucky. I guess to like kind of put a bow on that whole package yeah. with everything. 
Um, there's something currently in my house. I'm not afraid of it just because, like we talked about, the right. fear will allow more to happen. Right, you know? it'll just keep coming. Obviously, if anything spooky happens in the future, I'm texting you about Fine. it. But it's please do. But it's like you know, I just um, you know, I don't feel afraid of it, and I think that's the most important thing. That's and the I, best thing you can. And do. I think I don't feel afraid of it because I really, genuinely, with my heart of hearts, believe that it might just be an observer. It might just be a watcher. I think it's just something that th- I, I I try to think of it like a uh, picture. If you were like ten years old, and uh, I gave you the tools to build your own computer for the first time. And, like, you could kind of figure it out because, like, you know, you tinkered around with, like, Legos and other building stuff and everything like that. And you can see where pieces connect and everything like that. But, like, you can't quite necessarily get the whole thing together and get it working, you know? Absolutely. I think whatever this thing is, whatever it is, I don't think it's bad. I think it's almost kind of like a younger spirit or, like, a childlike spirit in the sense that, like, whatever it is, it's in a younger stage of it. And I think it's kind of in a place where it's just, like, observing and watching and, like... Not necessarily making any moves one way or the other, but I think, I think the color scheme has a lot to do with it. Yeah, that's you're gonna have to like really research that. And that's out something that we is. can definitely look deeper into. I want to look into that. Yeah, I, I definitely like had that jotted down because I was like, I need to red know. and yellow, red and yellow. Red. That <laughs> is literally someone made that same joke to me the first time I talked to him about. Well, it's like the it. We gotta get the cryptids, guys. Yeah, we have to get the cryptids. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say, what what are we at right now? What are we running? I have no idea. 58 minutes? I'd say we could do a good half hour. Oh, yeah, we got some time. We got oh, yeah. some time. Try not to do another two-hour parter this Oh, time. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That was wow. the longest one we've ever done. Is it really? Sorry. We can't tell them that because they have to listen to it. Uh, I'm really proud of that, though. That makes that me was, really happy. I was like, I didn't even, like, Aaron just looked over me and goes, we're at, like, a, like an hour 50. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, somebody at work today, I was talking to this little girl, and she was, like, shy with me. And I was like, it's okay. I was really shy when I was here. My coworker goes, yeah, and then he never, he grew out of it, and he never shut up. <laughs> never stopped. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some cryptid talk, guys. Specifically, just quick, quick breaks. Oh, we're like cryptids, <laughs> cryptids. Let's get into yeah, this we, right we have to lighten it. We have to lighten the load. I can't. Yeah, I was oh, gonna say let's let's chills. get off of some of this like creepy spiritual stuff because like at the end of the day, my final thought on that is like it's not anything at a capacity that I can't deal with in my everyday life. You know, it's something that comes up and it happens and it's like, it's freaky and stuff like that, but I'm not going to give it any power over me or anything like that. So it can just, it can do whatever it wants as long as it doesn't break anything or fuck with the cats, you know? Don't fuck with cats. Not my cats. (laughs) That's a documentary. That's an amazing documentary. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. So start with some crypts. Let's start with some cryptids. What are your guys' favorite cryptid? Let's uh, let's define cryptid for the audience here. So a cryptid is an animal uh, or creature that is believed to exist but is not proven by modern science. Okay. So we got Bigfoot. We got Beast of Bray Road. We got Loch Ness Monster. We got Mothman. We got the Yeti. We got wait, the Chupacabra. Is, is, wait, is Mothman considered a cryptid? It is. It is. Interesting. I didn't know that. Chupacabra. I, I kind of have like... Mothman its own category. Yeah, I've got like a Mothman box. I would say Mothman is in itself its own category in the same way Bigfoot is in and of itself its own category, you know, yeah. but I think they would fall in, under the umbrella term of a cryptid. Do skinwalkers fall in the category? See, now that's a tricky one because they are an entity, they're a, a being, but at the same time I think they're more spiritual than they are real. So a cryptid falls more under the idea that it's like a real animal. The only I reason I bring up skinwalkers is because they seem to disappear in the same way that Bigfoot and 
all the cryptids disappear. Well, and we can get into that. I okay. think uh, the short version of that is I think it's a lot of what I talk about with like interdimensional things and stuff like that. And I think that the uh, I think that forests are very high energy points. Oh yeah. And I think that there's a lot of portals in forests, especially in our national forest. We love and, portals on this show. And uh, I think that there is a lot that happens in national parks that we do not know about, especially out in Yellowstone. There is a Ooh. lot that happens out in parks that we don't know about. Are you guys familiar with the missing four one one at all? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, so I like, just watched the missing 411 alien the, the, oh you watched the, the UFO alien? connection I still need to see that one I've watched the I watched the original and then I've watched like the hunted the hunting but I haven't seen the UFO one yet well, that so other really other good. other cryptids dog man goat man well and we have plenty of cryptids here in just the midwest I mean we could talk about cryptids all over the United States I mean does it, Illinois have a cryptid it does um Oh god, what is it called? It was it was such a crazy thing. It was like a beast that had like three legs and like showed up on somebody's porch. When I, I believe it's called the Einfield Horror. <laughs> Give me a second. Let me this. let me just take it. Let me just Do take some googling. Wait. Well, yeah. Dogman seems to be like Texas. Like a lot of stories from yeah, of the, Dogman come from Texas. I just saw there's a, a well, there's podcast also, that I follow that has he just wrote a, the guy wrote a book, The Dogman Triangle. There's like a Dogman Triangle. In oh Texas. really? Yeah. It's like a Bermuda Triangle. This is the guy that we listen to. No, no, it's a different guy. Okay, totally different guy. Well, we can get. We're definitely going to get into this, but I think that like Dogman is just an offshoot of a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. I think it's just like a different type of species of that. Okay. Um, do you think that Bigfoot is a Nephilim? You said you like blurry creatures. I do. Um, Margaret loves blurry, blurry creatures. I got a sticker okay. right there. Look at. Oh yeah. On dude. my on my mic case. Um, I do not think that Sasquatch is a Nephilim. Okay. Um. Do I think that they could be descendants of Nephilim? Yes. I do okay. believe that's a possibility. I do not believe that they are Nephilim directly. Um, you think they're interdimensional? I believe that they are spiritual in a way that we cannot comprehend. Because they are they teeter this line like a skinwalker. They teeter it like a a spiritual animal and a physical animal. Because when you talk to like the Native American tribes in like northern Canada, like the Iroquois, yeah. they literally talk about how like they their people used to trade with the Sasquatch people, and like there was a war with the Sasquatch people at one point. What? Well, they're like consider so really uh, well, yeah, no shit. Look this up. There's actually a researcher in Canada, and his his research is so amazing to me that it's part of like my core belief system with the guy that wrote this, Dr. Jeff Meldrum. Yeah. And I looked for this guy's information, and I think he's been scrubbed from the net. What? Because, like, I saw, like, a documentary about this. Somebody put on the internet this guy's research that he did. He's a Canadian researcher. Because I was like, I got to What's his name? That's the thing. I was trying to look on the internet for him, and I'm typing, like, Canadian Bigfoot researcher, like, human connection, blah, 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 and all this stuff. I can't find a thing anywhere. And this is when that happens. Well, and this is something that, like, I know for a fact I watched because, like, it moved me in such a deep way. Did you try DuckDuckGo? I did not try DuckDuckGo. I should try that. Try that. Um, That's where I go. But but he's been doing Sasquatch uh, research in the Quebecian Quebecian Quebec Quebecian um, up there for twenty five years, and uh, what he does is he basically lives in the woods. He's like a guy that like lives in a shack out in the woods, like runs off solar power, like completely self sufficient, a real prepper, stuff like that. Oh boy! But he's got some of the most convincing Bigfoot photos and footage I've ever seen in my entire life, and what. What is so interesting about it is he has what he considers an up-close face face shot of a Sasquatch. A, a face shot? Like like a like profile picture shot of a Facebook. Like, like a Facebook profile picture of a Sasquatch. 
Um, <laughs> well, and there's a lot of debate. Like a bad selfie one? Or no, like, like a great one. Okay. Like, an, like, it, like, if some, like if I was to take like a profile shot of you right now, like yeah. that's what it looks like. What? And it's like immediately your brain goes to there's no fucking way. Like there's no way this guy is like so close with these things that like he can get photographs like that. But maybe. Well, he's got several videos that he's like shown and like talked about where it shows like not just the Sasquatches walking, but it shows them like climbing trees and they almost kind of look like bears or like a different kind of animal because like they can, um, God, this is going to get so deep. Um, it's gonna get <laughs> let's fucking go, baby. Um, but so he, so in his videos, he shows these Sasquatches that are walking around on all fours and they almost kind of look like a, like a bear, or like a forest animal that can like naturally walk on all fours. But then he's got videos of them like walking upright, but then he's got videos where they're kind of like bears or cats where like you see them walking and like they just go straight up the tree. And these are all just scrubbed. These like I can't find them anywhere. I was literally when I knew that I was coming back to do a part two for this. I've spent a good chunk of every day looking for this guy's videos, trying to find it, what? and I have not been able to find it. And it's driving me nuts because I was like, this is some of the most credible looking Bigfoot stuff I've ever seen. And what was interesting about the portrait face when you look at it, it almost kind of looks like um, like an Aborigine face. Or like like a very like old school like a caveman kind of face like very like wide nostrils oh yeah oh uh, like big lips and like a very like I've seen a lot of the draw and yeah, stuff like that you know um, and I think this is what and so what he says he believes he believes that Sasquatches are actually a a version of humans that when our ancestors decided that we are going to go ahead and move into societies, we're going to have cities, we're going to spend money, we're going to do everything like that, we're going to leave the forest, basically. We're going to leave nature and we're going to do society. These humans were like, no, we're going to stay in the forest and we're going to keep doing it our way. So these are beings that are so spiritually in tune with nature and the spiritual world that they can, they can shadow walk, they can move in between worlds. That's why you see them like disappear through portals or there's always ufo activity around you know there's always this unexplained phenomenon that happens when sasquatch is around you know people feel s now there's a belief that as an animal as an animalistic creature they use something called infrared sound and this is something that predators and nature's use like lions and what it is is it's a very it's a it's a frequency that the animal can give off it's a noise that the animal can make that immediately puts panic and fear into the subject of the uh, of the victim of the animal basically oh wow so what it, what a lion does is it'll use infrared red noise to basically put like an antelope in distress and like get its like adrenaline running and stuff like that so that like it's going to give it like a good chase like it's really going to like incapacitate it and like really just like make it like f like when it so basically it's going to make it freak out and give it so much anxiety yeah to the point that when the lion runs out of the brush towards it it's not going to know what to do it's just going to like flail and panic so it makes you it think easier that's to what attack. bigfoot does to us. well there's so many people that talk about when they experience it that either beforehand it is so like eerily quiet and they feel like they want to like throw up or like they feel like they get that fight or flight out of nowhere suddenly they're being watched or suddenly they're like they just got the sense of like I gotta get the hell out of here, dude. Like something yeah. very bad is happening. And it does happen a lot in the woods. I forgot. There's a I forgot what the name of it is, but there's like a phenomenon they call. Where like suddenly in the woods you feel everything, watched and everything. Well, everything's quiet. quiet. Like where yeah. it's like everything, like all nature just stops and like that's a lot of like. Well, and that's what makes me wonder about like portals and stuff like that. You know, like it, w if you're stepping like into a very energy sensitive place yeah. where you're going in between worlds. You know, like it's it's kind of like it's it's. Honestly, I've been to uh, Blood's Point out in Belvedere, and I went under the bridge, and all sound stopped. Okay, you went under the bridge? Like It's just like a plain-looking bridge. It's a plain-looking bridge, yeah. But you went under it? I, I stood under it. I drove over it, and I was like, really? 
I stood I stood under it, and then um, there was one time I actually I was out there with some friends, and we hopped the fence, and we were kind of wandering around in the woods back there, and I heard some weird shit that I couldn't explain. Blood's Point, like when you first initially get on that road, you just instantly even you instantly though, I mean, feel you it. instantly are like. I shouldn't be here. Now I there's will, something very odd. Now I will say this about Blood's Point Road: a lot of the stories about it are fabricated. Um, yeah. If you look into like the actual historical record, there's none of that stuff can be proven or anything. You can't p- prove anything about the witch Beulah. You can't prove anything about that. You know. My mom told me stories about that. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's just kind of like a folklore thing, you know. But like yeah. there is some energy out there. There's something dark out there that I can't necessarily explain, and I think. A lot of that is drawn from the belief about the area, so I think like we've manifested something dark out oh, there. Oh, sure. Okay, so I have a. I was. I brought this up to you earlier, but I, I stopped myself from asking you the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I've shown you the picture graph. I sent it to you before. It's um, my my in laws have a cabin in in Ely, Minnesota, which is uh, right by the Boundary Waters, which is mm-hmm. right, right by Canada, and pristine area they don't let anything nothing with a motor can go in the boundary waters right so it's basically a lot of like wildlife a lot basically animals on foot are moving through here yeah and my my wife's godfather um you know he would have taken care taken them if something happened to her parents the godfather not like the movie yeah but (laughs) and uh and he's a he's a great guy I, i i i love this guy his name's john and he was out hiking and he's almost the exact size of me he's a big guy tall guy he's got size 13 feet and and he took a picture of this footprint that was is imprinted into the mud it was it dried and it was like a a wolf print do you remember this raf yes 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 it was like a wolf print and his size 13 foot fit inside like the the like not not like the toes were separate it was bigger than but like in the foot pad, he in was able foot to put pad, his whole entire thirteen size shoe. Up. Yeah, goodness, and hiking boot in there. So, what is it? Well, let me regale you with this story, and let's see if this changes your opinion on that at all. All right. So there's uh, there's actually an association in Minnesota. It's like the Minnesota Bigfoot Society, something like that. And I can actually, I, since I have both of you guys, let's just make a spooky group chat, and I'll send you guys um, this Sounds guy, good. this guy's interview that I've seen. Um, And it's about the experiences he had with Sasquatch as a kid and why he believes that Sasquatch and Dogman are actually the same thing. Because I would love to hear that. Well, Me too. I'll give you the I'll give you the hot points in there without all the tiny details. So basically, he grew up on a farm in Minnesota. He had a friend named Mike. And one day Mike was like, do you want to pay with play with my pet orangutan? And he's like, ha ha. OK, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, I have a pet orangutan. And they go out into one of the fields behind his house. And the guy says that it was a juvenile Sasquatch that they would play with. What? And uh, they ended up naming it Mike because <laughs> they would, he would be like, hey, Mike, hey, Mike. And the thing would go. Hey, he said it sounded like somebody like talking, but like through a burp almost. <laughs> and so it'd be like, hey, Mike, like it would like imitate the noise that they were doing, but like couldn't do it. I'm sorry. No, but then this comes up more later because then um, like this is a thing that goes on for weeks. Yeah. Like they, you know, he goes over and hang out. They play with the juvenile Sasquatch in the field. Um, and he said that he would like he started seeing it around his house and he would see it running on all fours. And so that's what a lot of people talk about, like the dog men up there in Minnesota. They talk about how they run on all fours and the footprints they leave and stuff like that. And so this guy believes that the dog man and the Sasquatch are actually, if not a very like related cousin, the exact same creature, just like a subspecies of it. 
because he said he's seen um, he's seen the Sasquatch run on all four, and then um, in his barn he there was like he saw like Mike running around the property and then like crawled in through the side of the barn. So he went out there to see like what he was doing, and um, he started like playing with him a little bit, and they were kind of playing like um, like imitation back and forth. So like he would like make a noise and then Mike would elaborate on the noise. So like this guy would go like, you know, wow, like a cat. And then Mike would go like, and make like other noises like the animal and do it perfectly to the point where it sounded like it was the actual animal he was imitating. So then we have to take into the idea that a Sasquatch can imitate other animal noises if it doesn't want you to hear it. So what's to say it couldn't sound like birds chirping? If you were in the woods all of a sudden, who's mm. to say it couldn't do, like, whistles like that? Or who's to say it I've heard the, the Bigfoot whistle. The the long, like... Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like... I've heard, like, the yell. Have you heard the um, Have you heard the Sierra Nevada tapes at no. all? So those are considered the best uh, evidence of Sasquatch vocalization on film. Because it was these two guys out in Sierra Nevada. I can send you this, yeah, too. Yeah, send it to me. I've got like, so many videos I'm going to send you guys. Awesome. Um, but these, rabbit hole. these guys were out camping and they started hearing like what they from what they could approximate two creatures down by the river area talking to each other. And so they started imitating the noises that the creatures were making back. And the, the tapes themselves sound insane because it sounds like a mix of like wild animal noises. And then Sasquatch are also known to talk in what's been described as samurai chatter. Which sounds like samurai. It's called samurai chatter because it sounds kind of like the old Japanese from like the old black and white movies, like you know, you know, and so the and like you can hear it on the tape. Like there's a point where it's kind of like, you know, and so and it shows like this huge range of vocalizations on the tape alone. Because then the guys are like trying to imitate it, and then they're like making it back, and you can like you can almost get the sense of like they're like. There's supposed to be two of us. What is this third thing doing? And they're like making noises to test to kind of see to what see it is. To see who's talking to who. Yeah, and so, and then I've seen other stories where like Bigfoots just communicate with like whistling, and it's just like these long, elongated, like very huge, like because I mean you got to picture these things got to have like lungs, like huge lungs on them. Yeah, and th- they actually use the whistling as sort of an echolocation to kind of uh, like echolocate across like a valley to see where like the other ones are at, and that's how they triangulate mm-hmm. and hunt. I heard it. I heard it mm-hmm. once. You mm-hmm. heard the Sasquatch whistle? I have. Where'd you hear it at? Black River Falls, Wisconsin. What was it like? It was like, I'll tell the story real fast. So <laughs> we would so always have, we'd always have this guy's camping trip, and one year the guy who was in charge of getting uh, like locking down the camp, we just we'd go the camping just Devil's Lake. We're not like crazy campers, yeah. But we couldn't get Devil's Lake, so he booked us to Black River Falls, which is like like three or four hours yeah. north, and. We, we've been drinking, and one of our friends had drank too much, and he got sick, and he was just up all night, and it was just like this crazy. La- it was like our last night, of course, and like he was just like walking around the campsite, being like, Ugh. and Black River Falls is not crazy. It's yeah. like it's like rock cut. Mm-hmm. It's like very normal, and it wasn't like super backwoods, but like our friend was like sick, and he kept saying he's gonna throw up and then the other guy like it was just kind of a crazy night and then it started raining and we were just like laying in this tent and we started hearing this like noise it was like and that's what it is it's a lot of it it's like this cover they'll be like yes but it was like super weird and we were like what on earth is that noise and you could hear it like 
super far off in the distance. And then another one was like kind of like correlating to it. So you heard a it. communication. Correct. And so like we were like, what the hell is this? And like I'm just like, Sam's throwing up. The other guy's throwing up. It's raining. We just want to go to bed. And like we hear this and we like barely have cell signal. And my friend, he's like, what kind of animal makes a noise like that? Yeah. And so he starts looking it up. And he somehow found in like the corners of the internet this like weird Bigfoot noise, mm-hmm. and he played it, and we were all just like, "That's the noise." That's the noise. That's the noise. And he was like, "So there's Bigfoot as well tonight." And we were just like, "Can we please go to bed?" <laughs> and so like we all just <laughs> I mean, good on you we, for being able to just, go to bed. <laughs> we just laid there for a, I laid there for a long time, and then I finally did fall asleep. But that we did I did hear it. And I know what that noise is. It's like nothing you've ever heard because we were like, what kind of bird? Because this is like three three in the morning. Oh, and like a very distinctive, it's loud very noise. It's very distinctive. But it was like, it was like, Hoo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, because they did. It was really long. Well, because it's believed they do that to, like I said, kind of echolocate to know where the other one is at. Because they, because basically the way you need to think about Sasquatch is that it's a human being with the senses and instinct of an animal. So picture like a human being that had just never evolved into a society and was basically able to adapt to the woods, adapt to the, to smelling things in the woods, seeing things in the woods, hearing, hunting things in the woods, stuff like that. But what's the connection to like the UFOs? Because there's a lot of weird – like what we did – Well, hold on for one second. Okay, sorry. So you think, the, you think the print that my wife's godfather saw was like a dogman? Um, see, well, it could be a dogman, but if it's a dogman, it could be – the dogmen that are like an offshoot of Bigfoot because you hear so many personality things about different Bigfoots in different regions. Like you hear about some that are like so aggressive and like there's actually a story. Um, it's weird you say that because when the moment I saw that picture, I was like, that's Bigfoot. But I'm like, but that's not like an ape like right footprint you know well but how could they be the same offshoot because they're like two separate things? Well, think about it. If there was you've got canine and you've got like, are they like the primate. same primate? Like that's. T- totally couldn't be any farther away well and the way i look at it are, are you guys familiar with like the predator franchise at all yeah so like I've you know seen how, all of them okay so you know how like the yatuja always look different and yeah. like and they say they come from like different regions and different areas yeah. and stuff like that so what's to say that there's not like a version because i believe the sasquatch that we know is a distant relative of the yeti that came to north america across the land bridge when alaska was connected to russia so and in Tibet, they're considered, like, wild beings, but they're also considered, like, very spiritual. They're considered to be, like, very wise, like, yeah. old keepers of the mountain and stuff like that. So I think there is I think there is an ancient deep-seated belief that we have just forgotten about as a people that these, like, are a different version of human beings that are very in touch spiritually. But they're in touch with the spiritual world, but they're also very in touch with their animal side because of how this society chooses to live its life. Well, I mean, there was – when we did the, we did a dogman – episode but we also we also did the beast of bray road and one of those we talked about there was like in ancient greece supposedly like an island that had like these like half man half dog yes creatures i know exactly what you're yes. talking about um I can look it up in well my and that's and if you really want to get into it that's been kind of a theory throughout most of human history and mythology is these half man half animal creatures i mean just look at the egyptian gods the chimera you know? The chimera, the griffin, the uh, minotaur, you know, there's always been this idea that man and animal can combine. And I mean, even if you take a look at uh, Russian scientists in like the 80s, I believe they sewed like a second head onto a dog to try to uh, like do experiments with like gene splicing and things like that. And then it eventually led to I I, I don't obviously know all the details of this, but it's 
it's put out there that Russia was doing experiments to try to impregnate human women with ape semen to make like ape super soldiers for Russia. <laughs> Well, because oh think about gosh. it. Well, because there, it's the, the market's like absolutely not. Well, it's well, it, no, it's a real experience. It, it's not something that ever produced fruit, obviously, but it was something that they tried because they believed that we were closely enough related to monkeys that they could crossbreed with humans, sort of the way like you can mix like you know like a, like a horse and a zebra, like they're two different animals, but you can make like uh, you can make like a basically like a zebra mule because they're in the it. same family of animals. Right, but so what's to say? But so like they're but they're still two different subspecies. You know what's to say that? Because really, when we look at it, there's only so much of human recorded history that we have. You know, we don't know anything about ancient societies or civilizations or what they were able to do or what they weren't able to do or anything that had been around before or after us, you know? Well, so, like, I mean, it seems to me like they're regional. Like, if they're... They're very regional, but then there's... Because, like, you've got Bigfoot in the north. And then you got, like, the swamp ape down in, like, yeah, Florida. Yeah, and you kind of got it throughout. And then you have Dogman in the south. But the, the first Dogman... Thing was like up in Minnesota, right? Yeah, so you have dogmen kind of across that's the United States. That's where it States. came to, that's where like all came from, kind of. But I mean, but when then you, it's migrated to Texas. But I mean, when you think about it, also think about how we have like the goat man and we have moth man and we have all this other stuff. If you want to really get weird into the UFO connection, we could talk about how possibly that human beings are a spliced experiment from primates and whatever alien DNA. And that's why we have advanced so fast and our brains have grown so fast. What's to say that, like, Bigfoot, Dogman, Goatman, Mothman weren't other splicing experiments done by UFOs that simply didn't work? Well, because, so, yeah, when we did the Bigfoot episode, there was a, the I was trying to find, like, the oldest account I could find. Mm-hmm. And I found one from 1888 mm-hmm. about, like, Bigfoots and the Indian, like, the um, Native Americans called them crazy bears. Yeah. And they came down in the ship. Mm-hmm. They like this, like they saw this like bright light in the sky, and it like all, it like illuminated the whole forest. And these three crazy bears came out. Well, and it, and like, but I'm like, what? Well, see, but then I've also heard like Native American stories from like far up north, where like there's one specifically that I can recall where there was like a tribe of Sasquatches that were like known as like evil man eaters. And yeah. they eventually had to wage a war against this, like, sect of Bigfoots because they were, like, kidnapping children from other villages and eating them. That's and so it's like, you know, there's a lot of accounts of these things being, like, very spiritually in tune and connected with, like, UFOs, whatever we want to call that. Yeah. But then there's also a lot of accounts of these things being very animalistic and very wildlike, you know. So it kind of... So like subspecies of them? That's what I'm saying when we talk about, like, Dogman and stuff like that. You know, I'm thinking that, like... I have to see this video because, like, well, I'm and not I, convinced. Well, and, like, know. I don't want to say, like... This is probably, like, the worst possible analogy, but, like, think about how, like, people are all different, like, when you go around the world and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And, like, you know, if you were to put me next to somebody from, like, sub-Saharan Africa, like, we would look, like, completely different, but we're both human beings. Correct. You know? So what's to say, kind of like the Yatuja from The Predator, that, you know, this subspecies of human, whatever we want to call it, this evolutionary link somewhere, didn't also have these environmental type influences in its environment that would shape it you know what if something came from an environment like down in texas where you know there's a lot more hills and mountainside and having a clawed foot is more advantage than having like just a five-toed non-opposable foot to climb around on things you know what's to say that um 
because you know they talk about like the swamp ape and stuff like that down in Florida and Georgia and the Everglades and like Louisiana and stuff like that. They have the Rougarou down there, yeah. and they were so many. Well, and they talk about how it leaves sort of like a, almost like an alligator-like footprint, like it leaves this kind of like reptilian, like three-toed print in the ground. No, no, absolutely not. Well, and so you know we're focusing <laughs> half man, half alligator. Well, and so nightmare. we're we're just straight Worst up talking nightmare. about Sasquatch here. So you know we're talking about something that is a very close. From- Linked to human, so this is like human mixed with ape. So this is like sort of a link between the two species. Yeah. What if what if like with this other stuff, you know, this is stuff that has evolved to maybe have some of the characteristics of what we would consider a dog, but isn't necessarily a dog man. You know, know. I got to see this video. I got to see it because I think they're two different things. Um, In the same category. Well, one of one of the things I wanted to mention that the guy from. Minnesota was talking about. He also, uh, like I said, I'll send you the whole video, but he talked about how Mike used infrared on him to kind of paralyze him at one point because he did like a, like a gorilla, and the juvenile Sasquatch did not like that at all. And he was offended. Well, he was offended, and then like he stood up and he said that the Sasquatch's face suddenly looked like it was Mm -hmm. like melting or like bubbling or like very wavy. And he said that he believed that that was the infrared noise that it was using on him to kind of paralyze him and confuse him in that moment to kind of like get him to stop "Hmm." and be like, what the hell's going on? Don't you dare call me an ape. Are you crazy? But then he also said that when that happened, Mike kind of like hissed at him, like, like, "Ah." but when he did it, he had opposable fangs that came from behind his molars that came out. So it's like, it was like this, but then when he opened his mouth, it was like, it came what? Like saber-tooth tiger. Well, <laughs> saber-tooth. But picture all the way in the back. Yeah. So yeah. it's like something that like retracted uh. into its jaw, and then it would open it very wide, and it could like puncture. And like, there's oh, so yeah. much weird stuff, and it just gets weirder. I've never heard that. <laughs> well, and this guy's story does get very lavish and gets into some very crazy detail. But yeah. allegedly, at one point, his dad shot the juvenile Sasquatch because, like, he was you know he's on a farm, he's got a yeah. gun, he's like, he what the hell it? is that? And he killed it. Um, Is there, like, pictures of it? Why didn't anyone take pictures of it? This was back in, like, the 70s. This was, like, a long time ago, like, before your thing. And this is... They had cameras. Again, this is all just this guy's story. I'm not saying it's true, but I believe him so deeply because he seems so sincere in his interview. That's hard. And he also says some details that are, like, the fangs and the infrared that are, like, so crazy that they can't be made up, it feels like. The face-melting, like, swirly thing kind of reminds me of uh, Rorschach from The Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so they said that when they they did like a like a barnyard dissection of it, um, and they found that it had what would be the equivalent of two hearts. So it had like double the chamber hearts that we have, and it also had massive lungs. And then its sex organs kind of like went up inside of it and were like retractable. Oh. Um, and then they said they also were able to like look along the jaw and see where like the fang tendons were connected, and saw how like his jaw moved and like they like pushed the fangs out. Um, horrifying. But then uh, the the parent Sasquatches showed up when they, like, either, like, smelled it or, like, yeah. f- tracked him or something like that. And they, like, they, like, freaked out and ran in the house. And the parents, like, took the body and ran off with it. But I've also heard stories where guys have, like, shot a juvenile Sasquatch thinking it was a bear or, like, a wolf or something like that. And there was one guy, he said he shot one, and he said that um, he went up to it to see what it was. And he said he just started sobbing because it had the face of a child. And he said that he felt like he had, like, shot a human child. But he's, like, he's looking at it, and he's, like, the proportions are different. It's covered in hair. It's clearly not a person. But it had, like, a small child's face. That's really that's really. Disturbing. And he said they, like, gave it, like, kind of like a mock burial. They, like, kind of dug a hole and, like, covered it with, like, branches yeah. and leaves and stuff. 
Um, and they just felt so bad. They just wanted to respect the body and then just leave. And then, of course, like they told somebody later and they're like, what the hell? We got to go get this body. Like, let's go. Yeah. And they had gone and the whole site had been exhumed. Like the branches had been moving, had been dug up and stuff like that. So the mom had probably come back and taken the baby after they'd mm. done that. <clears throat> sad. That well, and sad. so that's my, my steadfast belief about these things is that, like I said, they're humans that kind of separated from us back in the day. And we just do not have an understanding of the spiritual capabilities that they're able to do, their deep connection with nature, and then also their animalistic capabilities that we have. This is something that we're only really starting to see in modern times like this because we're really starting to explore the deep woods. We're really starting to, you know, destroy the home of where these things would live and suddenly cameras and people are everywhere, you know? So I think it's something where... And there's lots of theories you can get into. You know, there's a belief that they live underground in, like, cave systems and stuff like that. And they travel and they're nomadic. They travel in family units and stuff like that. So they're never really in one place at yeah. one time for too long. Um, but really, it's like I think they're just humans. I think they're very secretive. I think they don't want anything to do with us because I think their beliefs and their traditions and their just history as a species and a people just go deep back enough to where they just don't want anything to do with us and they like their privacy. And I think it's just like any other animal in the woods. I think if it wanted us to see it, it we would see it. You know, it's kind of like cougars or bears or anything else. You know, you can be in the woods and you can be surrounded by tons of animals, but you're not going to see them unless they want you to see them. Yeah. You know. All right. One more before we like kind of start closing it out. What's the um? We might have to do a, a part two on this because we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get some stuff from you and, and then kind of like analyze just, it. This do is a, it. Do a part three Bigfoot follow up. Yeah. Okay. Um. But I wanted to hear your your take on the national parks, and you know, like the connection with the missing four one one and Bigfoot and all that kind of stuff. Well, what's really interesting if you get into that stuff, you hear a lot of people talk about stories about how they were saved by like bear people or hairy people, or they were like given like food to eat by these beings, or they were like kept safe. I know uh, one story. I think a very specific. This little boy said that he was put into a tree, and kind of covered up with this thing in there and then like it told him like okay i'm gonna go now but like stay here you know and then like very shortly after the rescue team showed up for him you know and there's stories where like a kid will be you know at a picnic or something like that and then they're just gone and then they're gone and they find the kid alive like 11 like, miles away or like something up a mountain yeah we're like there's just, no way this kid could have just traversed the mountain like that yeah and know? he yeah well and i think that falls into you know one of our favorite topics portals um, and I, I think, well, and I think a lot of it, I think, I think the forest is a place of very high energy. And I think it's definitely something like we talked about at the beginning of the episodes where like the realities kind of, kind of bleed together a lot, very bit, just because I think there's so much conducive and conductive energy and all the stone in national parks and just found in the wild that hasn't been excavated or leveled out, you know? Yeah. And I think just old things carry a lot of energy. So, you know, the, the oldness of the soil and the rocks and the trees, you know, that's going to carry a lot of things. And there's a lot of things about the earth that we don't know because we weren't there. You know, like we can guess through speculative science and like evidence of what we can measure and stuff like that. But there's no way to really process what could be out there. And like clearly the woods are a place of high energy to the point where we have these phenomenon where so many similar cases happen. And not just that, so many people go missing a year and the Park Service just goes, we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like, they're just like, the, they, like, they don't want to go in there. They don't want to go in there. And so what does that tell you when the trained professionals of an area don't want to go in and do something about it? 
you know. Well, I kind of think that Bigfoot keeps people out of certain areas. Well, like that's there's places we shouldn't be because I don't really ever hear. I've rarely heard anything about them being like mean or malicious or bad. I mean, until you said that. I've heard quite a few. There's one story that stuck with me very heavily where this guy was out turkey hunting. And uh, he said that he knew he wasn't sure what it was, but he knew a predator had to be in the area because he found a huge pile of uh, turkey bones and feathers. Yeah. And then he said he found what he could only describe as two huge butt cheeks that made an indentation in the ground, <laughs> like up against like a tree. And he said it was, he and like you're and like that's part of why I believe this guy because he's like why would you say something so stupid if you're gonna be taken seriously you know and he's like it was just like and, and you know he's like he's from like, West Virginia so he's like you know it's just the indentation of these two big old butt cheeks in the ground <laughs> you can see where he was sitting there having a snack but this guy ended up going into uh, <laughs> I'm glad the Bigfoot butt cheeks is what got her that could be a shirt that we should sell <laughs> Bigfoot butt cheeks Bigfoot butt cheeks <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll do a mock we'll sell, it's gonna be a really crude drawing but we'll get it there. <laughs> um, just like Bigfoot butt cheeks and then like a big old pair of hairy cheeks. cheeks. <laughs> I know it's real. I want to believe. Did you see the footprint? No, it was the butt cheeks. No, it was the butt cheeks, bro. <laughs> Did you make a cast of it? No, it was too big. I didn't have enough cement. It was We're going to start getting Bigfoot in uh, Rockford, man. We get turkeys populations out of control around here. That's what man. we need to do. It's like where you airdrop like wolves into an area to take care of deer. We need to drop in some Sasquatches to take care of all the turkeys in Rockford. And the geese. <laughs> and the geese. I hate the geese. Uh, um, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, I feel like they're like protectors almost like to get you out of well, And that's why, that's why I think it falls back onto them being human because I think, you know, they're very secretive and stuff like that. But I think they're, you know, I think one of the key components of being a human is having a sense of empathy and hope. You know, and so I think any sensible being is that has any sense of consciousness and empathy about it is going to see a small child in peril, just like, you know, we would see like a small puppy or a kitten in peril. And we, you know, you see a kitten in the middle of the road. You don't just drive past and hope it gets run over. You pick it up and you take it to the shelter and you try to get it taken care of. You know, yeah. I think in these instances, you're right. Like Sasquatch is going to look at like a small child that's lost in the woods or dog man or whatever you want to call it or whatever subspecies it could be. And I, because, th- you know, these guys are considered, they're called like guardians of the forest. They're called yeah. like the grandfathers of the forest. They're like the protectors of the forest. The Sasquatch seems like good a lot of times. Like I have not heard a positive dogman story. No. See, well, and that's what makes, see, and that's where I think like the lines can be crossed. Because like who's to say that like the bad Bigfoot aren't the dogmen? You know, because mm. a, a really good place, if you want to look into like some really interesting Sasquatch lore is like the Appalachians, look into like the different like because there's like a group of Sasquatches called the Thunder Brothers. And there's like <laughs> 12 of them. And like they and it's because like when they start making a commotion, it's like thunder in the mountains. Like it's like it it sounds like a storm. These guys just stomping and roaring and everything else like that. And it's like considered to be like a family of 12 Bigfoots that so like, like, lives in the Appalachians. Sasquatches, like it's a, it's just a family of it's a, it's a well documented family of twelve Sasquatches like, that live in the Appalachians. They're like the rednecks. Yeah, they're like the rednecks. It's like the hills have eyes, but with Sasquatch. Oh, <laughs> um, but no. So like, yeah, I definitely think that like these things, being you know guardians of the forest, they feel a certain responsibility to like any lost travelers or children that are in there. You know. Yeah. But in the same vein, in the way that you know, like you want to protect like your kids all the time, but you can't. You know. Yeah. I think they can't protect every child that goes lost or every person that goes lost from everything that could get them out in the woods, you know? Yeah. And that's why you see, like, these stories where, like, somebody goes 
missing for like three days and then like their clothes show up like 15 miles away on a mountaintop and like just a piece of their skull is found and like stuff like that because I think as well as like these guardians of the forest I, I mean they wouldn't call them the guardians of the forest unless there was something they needed to guard against you know no and that's interesting because a lot of the 411 cases like people's clothes are found and like nothing else but like nothing like else. the clothes they were wearing Right, it's like they got raptured or they something. Just, yeah, it's they like they just straight up disappeared. Sucked into a portal. Well, and it's I th- a very interesting 411 story I heard was from a little boy who actually like was found again and stuff like that. And he said that his grandma told him to like come into this cave in the woods and stuff like that. But then he said sa- about like the robot grandma and how mm-hmm. she was like there was like twinkling behind her eyes or something and that like she seemed kind of like something that just like looked like he knew it looked like grandma but it wasn't grandma because it was like acting very strange and then like it asked him to like was it like poop on a sheet or something like that it kept trying to get him to like poop on something or in something yeah and it's trying to get like a stool sample yeah like something from the boy but like he couldn't do it because like you know he's probably a kid he's in the woods woods he's nervous he's scared yeah robo grandma's telling you to take a shit on a mouse trap and it's <laughs> right. on a glue trap and it's like you know oh my god like yeah You're i get like, i get I performance can't. anxiety i'm too, sorry you know i couldn't do it <laughs> um but it's just like you you hear like the sasquatch stories and like the you know the hairy man stories but then you hear weird stories like that coming out of the woods too where it's like because like there's then he, a lot going on in well because the then he also talked about how like there was like a lot of bags and like guns in the cave where like he was where like his grandma took him and then there was like other people that were like either just like standing there but like not moving or just like propped against the wall goodness have you heard about the bell ringer or the bell toller oh yeah Mm -hmm. that's another freaky woods thing there's it because that's what's you have these 411 cases but then you have these cases from the woods that just total left field just like just the weirdest shit you've ever heard happening in the woods like you ever hear about the people talking about like the doorways and the staircases they find out in the parks uh-uh. Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, it's just like they'll just be like in a very random part of the woods, and suddenly there's like a staircase there. Actually, didn't that one guy say something about that on like uh, the Rockford Rock Cut Paranormal post or whatever? Oh yeah, we there was like a post on there's like a Rockford Facebook. It's like a weird, not even not like a weird one. I forgot what it's called, but like it's it's that there was like a Bigfoot sighting. And then like people, I saw it, it was fake. Like it, was, yeah, it was, I fake. think that was fake. But then people started commenting about all the weird stuff that they had seen in Rock Cut. Right, and there and is a was, lot of weird stuff. There was that happened some out there. really bizarre stuff, but there was like like a weird shack that had like all this like, like, uh, like. Sorry, I just, I just blanked hardcore. Okay. Um, the shack in the woods. It was like cut. a shack in the woods, Rock Cut, and that like anytime anyone was near it, like people always felt watched. Yeah. There was somebody out there watching them or like living out there, but it was like. It was I like messaged a, the guy. He messaged him. I messaged the guy, and he was like, "He's like, there's lots of, there's lots of weird stuff out there." Like, and he said like something like stair, like stairways that don't lead to anything. Yeah, and that's what people talk about a lot in these parks. Is it's just like a, a constructed, and it's not like it's like pine wood. It's like a constructed, painted set of stairs yeah. that is suddenly out there. And I mean, you know, of course, the legend is like, you know, don't go up the stairs, don't start walking on the stairs, anything like that. And I believe there was like some creepypasta that came out about oh, that, sure. where like someone kind of took this information and kind of like made their own story with it. Um, but there's like a, it's like a lot of the beliefs. If you, if you look at, I'm really into like Appalachian folklore. 
because those are people that have like lived in the mountains with the stuff. Oh, and, like, yeah. They don't fuck around with this kind of stuff. No, you they know? don't. You hear a lot of Appalachia. Well, and they have a lot of like rituals and stuff they do and they keep sacred to like keep these things out of their homes and like keep these things out of their presence and stuff like that. I got to dive into that. Get on the Appalachia side of TikTok. Oh, my God, dude. There's like there's like you're supposed to like the same shoes you wear outside. You're supposed to take them off outside, but you, you're not supposed to wear them in the house. But you take them off and put them in the house. Never leave them outside the house. Any shoes you've been outside with. Hmm. That's weird. Well, because a lot of things they deal with out there, it's a lot of what I've seen from the Appalachians. It seems to be you know a lot of Sasquatch, a lot of different cryptids and stuff like Shapeshifters. that. Shapeshifters. Well, a lot of shapeshifters, a lot of mimics, a lot of hide behinds, a lot of very interesting things like that. Oh my gosh, we have some more deep dive we gotta do before our part yeah, we three. do. We have to do like part. Part I say, eight. I say, do, we do, do we do a part three of just straight up Appalachian weird stuff? That would be a fun. We one. could. This is definitely gonna turn into like eight parts. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all good. This is. I love having Adam on. All right. I love being here. Yeah. I was saying, it's about time for us to wrap it's, up. Yeah. We should it? probably wrap it up before it hits two hour mark. Yeah. I, um, I think people can only take so many hours of me at a time if they're checking <laughs> it out. I love it. But um, yeah. What's your? I mean, we talked about so much stuff. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, part two final thoughts. Yeah. I couldn't even say like, what do you think it was? That we'd be here for another two hours. I mean, part. I mean, I suppose my part two final thoughts. If we're gonna sum up both sessions, both sections of it, one, you know, heed my warnings from any of the spiritual stuff. You know, if you're interested in it, make it a voyeurism. You know, just like read about it. You know, don't practice it. No matter, no, no matter where you are at spiritually, if you feel lost, if you feel hopeless, if you feel like you have no other avenues to turn to. Don't turn to something dark because there's always gonna be a price that you pay for it, regardless of if you are aware of that price up front. Or even if it's a price that is offered to you, it is always something evil is never going to have your best benefit at heart. And so it's always going to find a way to alter the deal. It's always going to find a way to take more than what was bargained. So just don't do it. If you're really feeling lost or something like that, reach out to your loved ones. And if you don't have any loved ones, reach out to people on the Internet. Like, just reach out to somebody. Don't I would say don't ever turn to the dark arts and think it may be an answer to any opposite of any spiritual teachings you've had in your life, because it will not lead you to any place fruitful the best place the best way to become fruitful in your spirituality is, is to explore yourself not deeper avenues and explore something that makes you feel like you're a part of a greater whole not something that is a lesser whole that will take from you that's awesome we'll hey, post. that's worth the price of admission right there folks yeah it is i'm gonna post matt's phone number in the you can call him if you have some problems. <laughs> and if we're gonna t- and if we're gonna do a final thought on the cryptid stuff, I mean, obviously there is a lot of stuff we could get into with this. Um, but I suppose my final takeaway from that is don't always just accept everything you learned in school and you know see in front of you as the real world. You know, I think it's very healthy to explore things that you may find strange or unknown or something like that. And me, I obviously have a very deep passion for this, but it's like you know don't necessarily assume it's something that's just goofy and hokey because you've seen it on tv and you've seen so many fake videos and everything like that because behind every joke and every false thing there's always an iota of truth in there that you can find you know and i think that truth is something that you need to explore and find for yourself so whether you believe in cryptids if you're interested in cryptids i think that you can delve deep into without any type of spiritual ramification to it um and it's a lot of fun because once you start you know i mean i've always been about like dinosaurs and animals and stuff like that so i think cryptids is just kind of the next foray into that it's like okay i've known about all the old dinosaur old animals and the current animals now i want to know about like other animals because uh just a fun little tidbit the mountain gorilla was considered a cryptid until the early 1900s because nobody believed that gorillas lived in mountains they believed they lived in rainforests Mm -hmm. until somebody finally did an expedition and was able to document and get uh viable proof of mountain gorillas and now they're just a common species that you can see at the zoo 
So, you know, who's to say that there aren't... So, you know, just have an open mind about our world. There's lots that we don't know. We really know very little. And, uh, you know, follow any curiosity that you have to a healthy amount is all I can say. And just, you know, put your best... Like I said last time, put your best foot forward and be your best. And that's all you can do. Well, I have a lot to research. We have so much to research after this one. But... All right, and thank you as thank you again for having me on. I love hanging. Oh, out you're with welcome. You guys. Thanks for coming on the show again. I mean, honestly, like I can't think of a better way to spend my Mondays than talking with you guys. It's, this is a hell of a time. It's just probably just a matter of time before he's part of the crew. Let's be honest. Yeah, we can call this the prelude days. The prelude. Yeah, <laughs> we can look back and be like, oh, remember when he it's, was the b- bottom guy on the totem pole? It's ever changing. Josh is gonna actually guest co-host with Raph on our Adam. Sorry, what I say, <laughs> Josh. Josh. <laughs> I don't even know where I came up with that name. Oh. <laughs> just channeling some kind of energy. I'm going to research that. Maybe another reality where my name is Josh. And Maybe it's Sorry, Josh. I'm very tired. Um, yes. Adam is <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, You're Adam. Um, is going to guest co-host with Raph on our Flat Earther Part 2. And I am... Uh, uh, I'm excited to say the least. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. We're gonna learn some things. I'm pretty sure. Cause I'm I'm not afraid to debate a little bit, and I'm not afraid to challenge some ideas. I don't want to insult anybody, oh but boy. I will be. I do want to be like you know, what's your basis for that? You know, where's the, where's the science? I think there's a reason that the rest of us can't be there. Yeah. I think I think I think it's Adam us. is or Josh yeah. is meant for this. Whoever <laughs> comes, Adam or Josh, we'll take either one. Yeah, that guy Jadam. We got to get him figured out. <laughs> I don't even know hardly any Joshes <laughs> in the world. All right. Thanks again, Adam. Of course. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye.